Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date Star Trek's edition. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. What week are we on? It is Big Week 90. Yeah, the big nine zero. Yeah, I fucking I took my I took all my pills, so I am ready to go. My liver is vibrating right now nice. from the amount of Excedrin <laughs> that I've taken. So should be a good one. Should be a good one, I think. That's good. It's great that you're damaging your body to do the 90th week of this misbegotten project. Priorities are straight. I got them real straight. I got them Voyager straight. That's how straight my priorities are. Yeah, let's fucking jump right in, huh? Okay. Conquistador of Mexico. The Zulu and the Navajo. The Belgians in the Congo shot memory. I thought of using the live version, but it's too gentle. And also, he changed the deadline in South Africa to uh, something in Arabia. I don't remember what it was. Oh. But... uh, How did the South Africans get off? Well, what did they do? Well, I think it was just because it was recorded, you know, about 15 years after this. <laughs> just so, saying. I guess Peter Garrett has a short memory, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they fucking dropped something off for him, got him a special gift. All right, hey. What do they What do they got there? They got a kind of weird beef jerky, I know that. Wait, do they? Yeah. Is it, it's not just like ostrich jerky or something? No, I think it's just got different flavors. Okay. Well, I have no idea what they have there. I mean, they got golfers. All right. Um, uh, ra- racism, are, racism, are obviously. Be, if movies are to be believed, they've got a lot of like mercenary strike teams. Mercenary strike teams, for sure. I believe it. They Wait, do you not believe it? definitely show up and be the bad guys. <laughs> I don't know. I believe it. I mean, you can kind of paint them with any brush. I, If it's bad, I think I'd probably say, yeah, okay, that's that's how I have for you. Hey, to open the uh, the current administration's favorite episode of Star Trek of any <laughs> of the series, um, evil Janeway with dark short hair is working with one alien species to win a war over another. Uh, she's working with this ambassador guy, and he's going to trade her access to a cyclic wormhole for her support in capturing the enemy leader. Uh, all of Voyager is evil and a bit off. Like Neelix is working on the bridge and Chaco's got like a full face tattoo now instead of the little one he's got up there normally. And Janeway's wearing black gloves and the doctor's an android. It's either an alternate universe jaunt a la this week's DS9 or uh, a holodeck or something. Hey, uh, did you read that Schmelz was supposed to be an android before the guy said I thought you were an android? Because I just thought he had weird eyes. I thought they'd made him a Borg. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I put in that he was a Borg initially. I don't think Data's contacts read Android to me. He had like a thing that he was plugged in in the back, and I was like, I, I don't know, maybe he's some kind of Borg in this? I don't know. Um. Anyway, uh, Janeway says she's going to use biogenic weapons, and um, that's how she's going to win this war for this up, this one alien, and even that guy's appalled. Yeah. Uh, then the hollow program freezes, and we're in some museum, some like, I don't know, civil rights museum or Holocaust museum, with a dude talking about how evil and nasty Voyager was 700 years ago to them. And I believe him. Credits. <laughs> uh, the guy describes an evil warship full of assimilated alien soldiers doing Janeway's pirate bidding. Uh, we go back into the holodeck program where some more evil shit happens. The details are not super important. Uh, they, they capture the leader of the other guys. Janeway executes him as he nobly yeah. protests. Your own George Washington, this type of guy. Yes, he is exactly that sort of fellow in this uh, recreation. Uh, Voyager, I guess, killed like two million civilians. And uh, those first aliens that I was talking about, the Vaskins, they took over the whole planet and society of these other guys, uh, the Kyrians. Kyrians? Yep. Um, But the Kyrian struggle for equality continues on this world even to this day. But, oh dang, Avaskin says it never happened, and that the Kyrians are always making excuses for being big failures. And, this guy says he has Kyrian friends, so it's not racist. <laughs> that ain't great. That ain't a great look. <laughs> the, um, I, he has Kyrian friends, but he doesn't want his children being taught Kyrian history. That's right. I, uh, I was so worried already. This episode is not very... F- close to being done and i was very also worried. they gave the vaskins who are have kind of weird flat pig faces but they did give them all even flatter straw colored white person hair just <laughs> in case you were concerned <laughs> there's not one wave or curl among these bowl cut people sure um the kyrian museum guy who just looks like a white guy with like some teeth on his forehead yeah, I thought there were a couple extra nostrils, but you're right. I do think some teeth come out of there. It ain't yeah, great. We got all your little horns. Um, he says he just found a relic from Voyager that's going to prove everything he says is right because they found an old data storage device from 700 years ago. The guy uses some hollow tools from their Voyager simulation to get it up and running, and he finds a hollow program. It's our dear friend Schmollis. Technically, yeah. it's the EMH backup module. A thing that has never existed before, and in several episodes where the doctor's life was in peril, <laughs> no one ever specifically about told it. it was impossible to make a copy of him. So, <laughs> oh god, the one where they tried so hard to do to make the doctor better, to like rebuild the doctor or whatever, uh-huh. and it's just like ah, I don't know, can't be done. Turns out someone did it. Maybe Seven did it. Yeah, I guess Seven probably did it. Huh? <laughs> she probably had uh, the exact right kind of nanoprobes, it's and right. it just made a backup module. And then it fucking immediately got stolen. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, the doctor treats this dude as a hostile attacker when he sees him. So I guess the, these guys were mixing it up at some point in the past for sure. Um, the guy says, Schmollis is the most important discovery of all time. But also he may go to trial because on this world, artificial life forms are sentient and they're treated as such. And you, I guess he can go to trial for things that happened 700 years ago. 
Yeah, and there's going to be the death. They're going to decompile him. Mm-hmm. Again. It's going to be the death penalty. Because he was on the Voyager, which did all the evil business 700 years ago. Yeah. Uh, the doctor immediately gets into it with the guy about all the shit they got wrong about Voyager based on these simulations. He, like, shows him. He shows Schmollis the crazy melodramatic simulation of the space pirates. And Schmollis explains that what really happened was they negotiated a trade agreement with the Vaskins. And then they were attacked by Kyrians who started a big war and Voyager was caught in the middle. So you see what's happening. The yep. thing you think is real history. <laughs> yeah. It's a flipsy. The museum guy and Schmollis, uh, again, they argue a bit about how history has been changed to make his people look like victims. <laughs> And I almost threw up a little bit, and the guy deactivates Schmollis, and then I guess he thinks about it for a bit. He wakes him back up and says he wants to hear the truth about what really happened on the Voyager 700 years ago. So Schmollis says, because this is the framing device of the episode, I'll make you a hollow program about it. Schmollis says, hey, everybody remember... uh Apgar, that whole Apgar thing. <laughs> we're gonna do another one, guys. I know we've right, done let's ten. Do another one. Let's, hey, guess it's Rashomon again. Yeah, we're gonna mix up again. Uh anyway, so his simulation shows up. the peaceful negotiation between Voyager and the Vaskins being interrupted by a Kyrian raid. The guys like shoot up the place and they take seven hostage. And it makes Manu look like a real slut. Manu is really begging for it. That episode was so wild. <laughs> Look, all that matters is Troy f- believes the woman believes she got arred by Riker. So, yep. <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Uh, anyway, also the doctor is super cool in the simulation, of course. Um, anyway, they uh, rescue the hostages and then the Vaskin ambassador kills the Kyrian leader. Then nine Kyrian ships raided Voyager and the doctor went offline and then woke up 700 years later. Um, the fucking council or whatever, I don't know if they're political dudes or whatever they are, they show up to, um, I guess, view this new business, and they argue about history and current racial discrimination, and the Curians who can't, like, attend the same schools as Vaskins and can't live in the same areas and shit. They're, in the script, they come off as irrational lunatics because this episode belongs in the right-wing conspiracy theory museum. Yeah. Uh, then the guy tells Schmollis all about how heroic he always found evil Voyager. They made him gain a real interest in history. Um, but then an angry mob, I cannot make this up. An angry mob attacks the museum because of all the lies it tells. I guess the unrest has become so great that they are talking about another war. The doctor says his program needs to be wiped then because the truth it's too dangerous. Also, facts be damned. Yeah. It's all open to interpretation. Uh, he refuses to tell the truth because it'll harm people, but then the guy convinces him that if he doesn't help now, it may be another 700 years before they have peace or something. Uh, then Chaco looks up and he sees the moon. Yeah. So <laughs> we're still in the dream, everybody. I know you thought it was over. Did you mean Chaco Tay? <laughs> yes, Chaco Tay. I think I have that note too. Um, anyway, what really happened was uh, it was this part was all a hollow program from seven hundred more or however many more years in the future. About <laughs> they don't even tell us. It doesn't matter about how peace came back to this world because of the doctor who was a big hero. He brought equality to the world, and then he served them d- for years. 
And then he eventually went off in search of Earth and Voyager. So, hmm. <laughs> hmm. Huh. Okay. I sent you many panicked messages while I was watching this. This is not good. This was not a good watch. Um, what was it about? Uh, okay, well, so Ben's take is how history views who are he- heroes and villains largely depends on which side you're on. He says that that's true, and it's reminding us to be humanizing to others and their points of view, but he thinks it's a little trite, and he gives it a three. Mm. Uh, I think the take of this episode is uh, facts are facts, but history is politics. Okay. Uh, This episode was made in the context of kind of a moral panic about revisionist history. Stuff that seems real lame in the tw- in 2020 stuff that seems very mild like hey maybe hey hey maybe columbus wasn't um wasn't so great wasn't a big hero and isn't a figure really worth i mean i guess it's not so mild given that this is the first year that a lot of people are like maybe we don't do columbus day yeah i mean his statues did take a few dips in the in the water recently yeah but yes. uh, uh and you know people were People were having a big panic about revisionist history, and so these guys thought they should step in right here and point out that, yeah, I mean, history is written by people who have agendas, <sighs> which is f- f- fine. Like, keep it in mind, I guess. Sure. But the argument against revisionist history is usually just an argument that the first history that was written has some kind of special merit. Right. Which is part intellectual laziness, like, I don't want to have to learn new things, or I don't like that a thing I was told when I was a child might not be uh, the truest or best version of those events, or might escape some nuance, or might have been deliberately manipulated to make us feel good about things mm. that we shouldn't have, um, and ignores the other very famous thing that everyone knows about history, which is that it is written by the victors. Yeah. I mean, and that's what it comes down to, right? When you come out against revisionist history is you're like the, that first history, that first version of it, that's the real one. And it's like, you, but you know, that's not true. Right. Like we, we 100% know that the, especially if there's anything like this, the history is going to be written by the oppressors and not by the oppressed. Right. And so, (sighs) It's pretty. It's a pretty lame stance. It's a pretty lame stance that this show comes down on. It's not. It's not Star Trek. the The fact that history is is a political is not that interesting a take. And they, but they just really, they just really didn't wipe their butt enough, and now it itches <laughs> with this one. They took too small a slice. Yep. We and we all got sick. If they had fucking taken a big enough slice, their wife wouldn't have kissed me. Yeah, and uh, particularly they made the very awful choice, and it really reading the the background, it doesn't seem like they even thought about it that it even occurred to them that casting the victims of hundreds of years mm. of social injustice as ultimately responsible for their own fate is uh, is a pretty terrible is a pretty terrible take. And now you have like when you start talking about how the, the people can't go to the same schools and they can't they're forced to live in worse areas, and you're like, oh, so like. 
So we're talking about the uh, <laughs> America of the 1950s, and then it's like, well, it was your fault. And it's like, okay, yeah, it's pretty going to be pretty hard to claim that uh, that slavery is the fault of the slaves, though. That one's not so easy to. Yes, you're not going to find the fucking EMH. Yeah, you're uh, you're forecasting my problems with this episode. Yeah. So uh, this episode sucks. The execution of the take sucks. The take itself is so-so. I gave it a four. Okay. Uh, my my take on this was framed by where the episode took place. It's in the Holocaust Museum. Who the races were and what their positions were in society. What the historical context was that they're arguing about. And I could only come away with. The Holocaust didn't happen. <laughs> that was a conspiracy. It's a historical conspiracy. Uh, black people use history as an excuse to be lazy animals. Uh, an excuse that the one of the flat-haired people specifically levels. Um, it's possible all of that was about Jews, but I, uh, a lot of the stuff, like you said, seemed like it was about American uh, race relations. It seems like it was about Jews, it was about slavery, and it was about Native Americans. All in one, all in one go. Also... It, they, uh, they gave it to everybody. Historians only foment unrest, I guess, is another part of this. So I guess get rid of history, too, probably. A zero was not low enough. <laughs> like, I felt like cutting Voyager out of the project after I watched this episode. <laughs> if they didn't think about what they were doing, uh -huh. they somehow accidentally found the very worst way to frame this. To put uh... it in the Holocaust Museum and say, The Holocaust? was a historical hoax perpetrated by the real villains uh -huh. who we've all been programmed to feel sorry for even though they started the fight because they're sneaky. Uh-huh. If that's an accident, I... I how? <laughs> how do you accidentally say that? Yeah, well, this is the worst written show of this project. It certainly is. So, like, if any of these groups of writers could have done it, it was this one, huh? Yes. Brandon Braga, right? Is his deal at this point? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, for sure. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I gave it a zero. I mean, I don't know. Is it possible to give less? I would like to give it less. Oh, you think you can. I think Landry <laughs> will accept a negative number <laughs> as an input. Well, I'm going to give it a zero, and you'll see what I do to it in this fucking rubric. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> well, I guess we should cut right over to execution, where Ben's as high as a five. Yeah. Uh, the thing that I pulled out, he said it was pretty unnecessary to look 700 more years in the future to talk about the pivotal <laughs> moment we were looking at. Yeah, you think? A little. I puked in my mouth when I, we did the second one. I went, really? We're doing we're doing this again. We're doing the fucking moon thing with Chaco all over again. I expected to be cut on. forward yet a, th yet a third time <laughs> to someone saying, as it turned out, we were celebrating prematurely and race relations have been pretty bad ever since it's, again. It's back to the, we're back to really being in the garbage again. Um, yeah, so we give it a five in execution. I give it a zero. Nice. Um, and why not? As fun as it is to watch an alternate history of Voyager and as much as I think it's actually only a slight exaggeration of Janeway's real philosophies. Denying the Holocaust earns you zero points across the board. What a vile piece of fucking trash this was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Voyager is so regressive and so bad about race. Mm -hmm. They just uncritically took the worst aspects of the Rodney King, O.J. Simpson era. 
and just they were just living in LA and they just only lived near white people and only maybe the worst of the white people yeah. and they just uncritically listened to them all the time. The Kazons as LA gangs, Schmollis's sitcom with the Klingon music. <laughs> he wouldn't let him hang out with the Klingons. <laughs> but 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 everything about Balana's Klingon half is pretty Ugh, bad. The man. wild shit about Indians being given special powers by aliens long ago. Tom Paris constantly telling his girlfriend to wear the kimono he bought her. Uh, yeah, uh, Tuvok as Tupac, and <laughs> it like it just they're just one hundred percent bad about race, and it continues here. Uh. I don't know for sure that it was thoughtless. Maybe there was someone on the writing staff that was like, have you seen these people saying we shouldn't do Columbus Day or whatever? But what a mess. Yeah. And it also, there is a potentially interesting idea in this. There is potentially something that could have been done with kind of this same, some planet in the future uh, episode, which is, Voyager just continues on its way from these little encounters. Yes. With and we and we never learn and they never learn and they never have to face or care about what they do to these societies oh, that they interfere I with. Mean, and being real, 95% of these people they have a shooting match with and then they leave. And those people must yeah. only remember them as pirates. For real. Remember that fucking random ship that floated through our system and uh, had some weird torpedoes we'd never seen before and messed up everything. (laughs) Do you remember how we needed that energy source to like make our society work? And then those pirates came by and stole it from (laughs) us and blew it up. And then we, uh, we went into one of the great dark age that has lasted almost to this day. And uh, do you remember how for 500 years warp travel was impossible (laughs) within the system and it took six months to get to the nearest planet? Yeah. I hate those guys. We should put yeah. in our history books how much we hate those fucking guys. Yeah, well, anyway, because because it turns out that nothing that these guys thought happened really happened. We don't have to think about that either, I guess. So that sucks a dick. Yeah. Uh, of course, this is entirely out of our time and unconnected to the overarching plot, so it's forgettable. And uh, then the fucking double reveal at the end is so silly. It feels like the writers were cornered and they were like, how do we... What's the end? Wait, so we need to we need to talk now about what happened because he decided to tell the truth. So how? But how do we do? That can't be the rest of the series. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. Are we jumping forward again? Are we writing like six more episodes of this? What are we? How is this going to work? Uh, it it the, the that fucking double jump there at the end reminds me very strongly of another bizarre moment that takes place uh, in an episode this week. Okay. So we can we'll talk about that when we get to it. Uh, it's a one for me. Okay. It's, it's really trash. This was really trash. It had a, it has a vile message that doesn't, it doesn't even seem like, like they're really convinced of it. Yeah. Do you remember when Kirk told those guys they should just wait for, for freedom and equality and stop like fucking making so much trouble? Yeah, that ain't shit. We were looking forward to that episode because that's exactly what we were thinking about when we were thinking about how TOS is like, okay, it's corny and it sucks, but it's like, look at the big message about how ridiculous racism is. Now, this one did not have those expectations. I don't think anyone expected anything out of this episode, but the message was even worse. The message was even worse than, hey, why you got to try so hard to get your freedom? Uh, You'll get it someday, probably. I don't know. But this is fucking Voyager for you. Like, how many episodes ago was it where 
seven of nine had a recovered memory of being raped and everyone just shat on her. And at the end, <laughs> the guy killed himself and she had to apologize to everybody forever. And the doctor wanted to be turned off. Yes. Was that retrospect? Was that week 84? That six episodes right. ago? Sure. Jesus God, Voyager. No, they're really... Just like anything in the news, they would just fucking slap an episode together. I mean, you, I, that's what you were saying. I didn't do the deep dive on that one, but you said they literally were just like, oh, Recovered Memories was a thing that was that people were talking about, so that, yeah. there they went for it. They're yeah. so fucking bad about it. It's no surprise they start every week on this project. Yeah. Well, let's talk about world building, oh, then. Okay, good. Um, this week and this week only, there's a backup EMH module. Yeah. And otherwise nothing, so of course it's zero for world building. I agreed, zero. I don't know how important events 700 years in the future on an obscure alien world are to the universe of Star Trek. Just... We don't even learn if the second Doctor ever makes it home. Nope. They record that he left in search of Earth, but who knows? Yeah, maybe they fucking, maybe they buried him back where they found his module, and they just said that. <laughs> That's right. He went back to his home planet. He died on the way back to his home planet. Uh, this is, so this is entirely out of our timeline. We're not 100% sure what really happened with the Kyrians. Like, we can probably trust Schmellus, but also he's a self-aggrandizing. Mm-hmm. We'll make him up liar, right? Oh, so. he's all up in the rescue mission of Seven, and it's like, eh, they probably called him afterward. Yeah. <laughs> like, he didn't need to be. That's bullcrap. Oh, yeah, he heroically goes in first because, of course, he can't be shot by phasers. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, it's, uh, we never, we never learn what happened. We don't know what any of this means to Voyager that it does not advance anything about the universe, except that this one society had a real misguided idea about what happened for a while. But that was just so that a bunch of lazy animals could uh, feel better about themselves. Mm -hmm. (sighs) So we both gave it a zero. Ben gave it a two in world building. Uh, some things I pulled out. He says, so assuming that Picardo's recreation was true, then this means that Voyager lost three engineering crewmen. They must be running low on those boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think this puts them at 143 crewmen. How many? In- yeah, they must have a real deficit of engineers. Yeah, I was going to say, because we haven't seen Bobo Scott Thompson in a long time. <laughs> no, nah, it's been a while for him, huh? And uh, there was Carrie. I we ain't seen him in a grip. Did he get eaten in the cave by uh, the worm? Carrie's face got put on that guy, right? Oh, it was Carrie's face. Okay. I Wasn't it Carrie who got no, his face stolen I in uh, Bolanas? It was the creepy guy who kept frowning, and I was like, why is this guy in this episode so much? Who got uh, his maybe, face? Maybe th- was that not Lieutenant Carey? Shit, I, I thought Carey got eaten by the by the worm on the planet. Maybe <laughs> did Neelix order him into the cave and he got eaten by a worm? That's my memory <laughs> of it. Uh, that was one of those times just, where I went, "Why is Neelix giving anyone orders? What's happening?" Let's just vamp for a second, and I will. Uh... <laughs> Wait, I'll keep reading what Ben said. Uh, hopefully, Vorik was among them. Was what he said. Um, a backup version of Shmolas is fully operational, so why don't they have ten of those dudes running around with, like, different colored hats to tell them apart, is what he suggests. I mean, they'd have a staff. They wouldn't have to keep bringing Tom Paris in to be the medic. Does not record his death. Uh, <clears throat> but he... <laughs> Uh, he dies in 2378 in oh, the episode shit. Friendship One, which I don't think we've seen. No, yet. spoiler alert, everybody. Wow, I did. I, I, so who died? At, well, someone died in that fucking cave. I remember it. It was uh, a yellow guy. Neelix this is going to be tough. There. Let's go to X Astra That's okay. I'll read uh, Ben's characterization flipping around. He gave it a three. Um, 
he says uh, Harry Kim was a lieutenant on the bad ship. I guess he was better at being bad than being a weenie. Um, he says the doctor has a social justice setting. He can have a longing for home. Yeah, we've questioned many times what the point of any of the things the doctor does or feels or says. Like, what, what, what good do they do, the crew of Voyager? Um, in characterization, I was a zero. Let's tell, please tell me why. I, I think only the doctor is even in this one. And, it's not even him. And it's not even the real doctor. It's the backup doctor. And everything that happened in it was the worst. I gave it a zero. <laughs> Literally, no, nothing is even attempted. There are no characters from Voyager in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that does suck. Have we just recorded. I just gave it all zeros. Um. Yeah, you <laughs> blanked it one. You blanked this one up. I huh? don't know what to do. Characterization. None of these characters are real. Even Shmolus is like some kind of backup. Mm-hmm. But what do we even learn about him? Right. He just explains what happened, then panics and once again offers to delete himself. Yeah, Andy says that uh, facts are irrelevant and everything's relative. Yeah. And then he didn't delete himself and he lived his own cool life that we don't <laughs> see and won't matter the next time we see Shmolus because it's a different it's copy. Not <laughs> it's not even if there's no one. There's just, there's, there's literally no way to go forward from anything that happens in this episode once we're not once we're back in our own timeline like you i did give it a zero <laughs> it's like they didn't even attempt points in this episode did they they seen the rubric right like they knew what they were <laughs> up against it's clear that they have not oh, seen the rubric i feel like they're really <laughs> giving a bad effort out here <clears throat> i don't know if you found out who died in that cave but um you can do your quick hitters if you want. Oh, well, here's the great thing. I don't have any. Okay. That's fair. I always have quick hitters. I just don't. I just don't have any. I often, I sometimes don't have any for Enterprise. I sometimes don't have any for Voyager. It's just like, so like you, I just had a sense of constant dread. As mm-hmm. soon as they were, as soon as I was like, oh, is this a Holocaust museum? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, he's going to find the doctor. Well, the doctor's not going to confirm any of that wild shit we just saw from the from the thing, because we know none of that makes any sense. It's like if they had just made him the real doctor somehow and done a band-aid to get him back to Voyager, and then, like, if they had left out all of the stuff about how these two people were oppressing each other or whatever, and just given us the alternate history, and you could have been like, oh, it's about how... You know, sometimes we don't remember things, right? You know, we don't record history as well as we should mm-hmm. or whatever. And just avoid all of the social stuff and just be like, wasn't it funny? We did a we did a thing where we saw a pirate Voyager. That was cool, right? Well, so it's like, this is the, this is the thing about this episode is all of this Voyager stuff is reconstructed from like a handful of artifacts that they find. Mm-hmm. But but it's like, we don't have any history that is reconstructed from artifacts like that. No, just, disco- just shows on the Discovery Channel, the Learning Channel or whatever. Right. So it's like, none of this is, is real. This isn't how it, this isn't how history works. Yep. Um... Ben's quick hitter. 
he checked in that museum that they're in is not a real one that was a set so it makes it even more bonkers that there's a, a pteranodon suspended in the background is what he says yeah, I guess that's How true. Did they have that. They have those dinosaurs they just, too. <laughs> they just hung that up there. Well, we know dinosaurs are fucking all over the. Well, I was going to say, or did they stop on the way to that other planet? But okay, they were still so dinosaurs. This, <laughs> I guess so. I, I don't know, man. Maybe <laughs> hey, maybe this was written. Maybe the story pitch had that detail in it, and it just survived all the way through. And it was written by some fucking young Earth creationists <laughs> who wanted to make the point that dinosaurs are also made up shit. Oh yeah, that makes sense. And that it's probably like someone just slapped some old horse bones together in a crazy way. That old museum full of lies. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, uh, so undoubtedly, you do want to know who was killed by yeah. the monster in Basics Part Two, uh, and that was Hogan. Is Hogan and Scott Thompson? Hogan was Bobo Scott Oh, Thompson. that's why we haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> yeah. He yeah, got he eaten was by killed by a Hanonian land eel. <laughs> land eel. Yeah, that ain't great. But it does have its own memory <laughs> alpha page if you did want to see <laughs> what Neelix that's about. ordered him into that cave and I went, I don't think Neelix can do that. Yeah, no, no it says right here, Neelix felt guilty for the loss of Hogan, <laughs> although Janeway immediately dismissed this sentiment. <laughs> that's right. That sounds like Janeway. God. All right. Well, now we know. We don't have to ask about what uh, happened to him. His anymore. his bones were the ones dug up by that Voth scientist, by the way. Oh, that's right. I did remember yeah. that, but I do, I wasn't sure. So we do we don't see Scott Thompson again, but we do see his skeleton <laughs> in that Voth <laughs> in ship. The stupid fucking dinosaur episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got some quick ones. Uh, evil Tim Russ, who by the way directed this episode. Was yeah, way more entertaining than regular two fork Tim Russ. Hundred percent agree. Uh, evil Kim and Evil Chaco were more fun too. I think we he, see where the show needs to go. He had that low key bloodlust that you never see portrayed. Yep. When people go over the top, like say Mirror Bashir. Yeah. But this guy, he had it like you could tell that he was into this genocide plan, <laughs> and also, I think he was bending Mir- Bad Janeway over. If I had to guess. Oh, acting. I got that vibe, too. Well, that's what she said, too. Yeah. About so. how she didn't like to be teased or whatever. Right. Uh, but you're, no, you're you're not wrong. Uh, by the way, I gave best actor to uh, sniveling uh, Chakote. <laughs> he was like, I'm a when man he was of playing, peace. When he was good doing good cop. <laughs> it was so good. Because they are bad guys. I mean, we've seen enough Voyager. We know they're very bad, and there's he, no doubt someone came back from Voyager one time and said, and then they had this good cop working on me. Yeah, exactly. And he's got he's got the messy, evil Caesar haircut. <laughs> he's got bad guy hair, yes. and it's like... And also, the tattoo went down half of... The further, all the way down half of his face, and it's like, ah, oh, that's exactly how this guy's seen with them. This is the <laughs> one guy who keeps talking about how he loves peace while everyone else is being a real shit. He's like getting in the guy's face going, I'm a man of peace. I don't want to hurt you. And I went, oh, man, this is really good. Why isn't this the show? This should be the show. Um, he reminded me of uh, <laughs> the bad leather Arnold Rimmer. <laughs> yes, who's going to whip them within an inch of their lives and then have them. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, have Even you. though he was obviously doing a much uh, more subtle Yes, uh, role than that, but it's like obviously it was the first time he'd been excited to do a little acting in a I'm long time saying. on this show. You could see it on all their faces. It, 
Garrett Wang was way better mm-hmm. playing Chief Interrogator Harry Kim or whatever. Yep. And uh, so worst actor this week went to the uh, Vasket Ambassador. I didn't even get his name. Yeah, he was a nobody. He was nothing. Um, They made Jerry Ryan get back into all of that Borg getup for this stinker? Do you bet? Do you is that? Is, do you think that's better or worse than her corset and six-inch heels <laughs> well, that are sewn into her pants? She probably at least didn't have the feeling that everyone was staring directly at her fucking exposed butt crack through that thin-ass lycra or whatever. Yeah. So there's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Uh, but she probably had to be in the chair for like four hours each way. <laughs> um, TP told Chaco to earn his rank for once, and I just silently nodded my head. <laughs> this one, yeah. Yeah. It would be nice if he did. Well, he built her a bathtub in, in the real universe, so his rank is pretty secure. It's right forever. She's not worried about that weird love letter he keeps reading. <laughs> the one in pencil? Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. Also, Mark remarried. You know, we should check back in on that plot with her. Like, what's what's going through her head now these days? Dude, is she, she still must be spending so much time in a Victorian fantasy. Just like I would Picard imagine so, would. huh? They both have a Victorian fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I'm sorry. Did, hey, sorry. this episode scored five points. Just a heads up. I know we don't <laughs> usually do that till the end, but I don't. I don't need to let the spreadsheet do the math this week. It's easy. All five let's came see, from me. Let's see, let's see. Five plus zero. Five plus zero. Five plus zero. Yeah. <laughs> um. Hey. Did um. Did I? Did Sim IRL Janeway, the version that the doctor created, say, "I know what you're going through." When this ambassador described the Curians as a violent, stubborn people. <laughs> Not something reasonable like, well, I'm, I'm sure your quarrel isn't with all of the Kyrians, Or, I prefer to meet new species before forming an opinion on them based on the word of their enemy. No. She really wanted those fucking crystals, huh? Yeah, she did. She needed those fucking dilithium crystals. <laughs> These shitheads had a ton of dilithium and they needed medical supplies. And just... for some reason, Voyager's got medical supplies, which is odd because they're in battle every fucking week. <laughs> Seriously. They... they must be out of Bactine for sure, right? This dude shows like, up. Just from all the weird minor plasma burns from exploding consoles. Uh, Yeah, but they have been implementing my plan a lot more lately, where everyone runs to the middle of the room. When there's a <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good plan. You know you can run the ship by voice command. You don't need to sit there. <laughs> um, this guy just straight up showed up on the ship and just started saying racist ideas. And Janeway the whole time was like, mm, "I totally get it. I know. Yeah, she's very oh, she's very comfortable around racists and ex slave masters. And all kinds <laughs> yeah, of stuff. remember when she it's... hung out with the guys who weren't the Kazon but ruined the Kazon? What was their name? Uh-huh. Uh, oh, the Trabe. It doesn't matter. They were in one episode. Oh, yes, the Trabe. She was like. These guys look like me and sound like me. I'm with them. These guys get it. <laughs> I was like, no, 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 wait. Hold on. Think about it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, there's nothing else to say. What is there to say? Five plus zero is zero. Like, Five plus zero is vo- zero. <laughs> Voyager, that's not math, but that's fine. No. Voyager must be real villains among the Kazon, huh? Yeah. I mean, first of all, these guys would not give us the ability to create fresh water. Yeah, Number we need one. it. We they need could water? just make it. They could just make it. I don't know if they need water as much as we do. Maybe they don't. Maybe there's like a real charitable case on who's like, I don't know if they need water. Maybe they don't she need said, it. She said that Voyager has a special rule and they can't give us any water, <laughs> but she didn't really explain the rule. But I think the rule is no Kazons. That's right. And then... Um, uh, then they shot up the uh, array, which we were going to use, again, to make water. 
And yeah. um, they blew it up so that we couldn't have it. Then they sent one of their crew members to infiltrate yes. Maj Kullo's whole deal? It was fucking weird. And betrayed him to his death? That, I think they must have killed many thousands of Kazon while they f- flew yeah. around in circles in our space for two years, just murdering. They just, it was like a gunship. They just flew at a slow circle <laughs> firing on Constantly us. firing phasers. And they said they only had 36 photon torpedoes, but they fired like 100,000 while they were in our territory. <sighs> anyway, that's the show Voyager. Mm. Well, um, second, uh, second to last last week, third place last week was TNG. Okay. This week we watched Night Terrors. Ben's pick of the week. Why not? Hi, this is Ben Town, your remote Star Trek edition correspondent with my pick of the week. Pick of the week. The Enterprise believes they have found the missing science ship USS Britain drifting in a binary star system. Uh, they can't scan it too good, but Troy can sense life on board. But she's unsettled by something, like she caught O'Brien having a racist thought, <laughs> and she insists on going on the away team uh, with Riker, Data Crusher, and Worf. Did she happen to see O'Brien on the way there? Because I hope she did that thing where her head stays in the room, but her body leaves it <laughs> as she fucking she did stares it. daggers at him. Like, what the fuck's going on in there? That, that time she did it more like uh, Zorak leaning in from the side. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Like, it seemed uh, like she yeah. must be levitating. Exactly. Um, they beam over. Everything seems to be operational on the ship. But uh, the crew have all been murdered by phasers or bladed weapons or whatever. It's pretty grisly up there. Yeah. Uh, Worf confirms that one guy who looks hella cooked was shot with a phaser on setting six or seven. So think about what O'Brien was going to do last week. <laughs> he turned it up to infinite. Just think about it. Um, Troy finds a distressed Betazoid hiding in a little closet, but he doesn't seem to be able to speak. So everyone goes back to the Enterprise. A little time has passed. Crusher has nearly finished the autopsies of the 34 crew. She gives Picard a brief rundown. There were no intruders. These people all killed themselves and each other all over the ship. Yeah. Uh, the Betazoid guy, whose name is Andres uh, Hagen, but it doesn't matter. He's never going to talk. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yep. He just mostly, still, he, I feel bad for this actor who just mostly like kind of shivers and stares at Troy in weird ways for the whole episode. He just like stares into the middle distance with the uh, black contact lenses <laughs> in and shakes. You know, it's, uh, it's another Space Madness episode. You've seen these. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Troy can only get meaningless words and phrases from his mind. Jordy and Data can't get the Bretain's engines back online, and they don't understand why. Um, but no one seems too worried, I guess. Crusher shows Picard uh, the Bretain's captain's increasingly paranoid log entries about how the first officer did a mutiny and she had to get rid of him. So paranoid she can't stop touching her face and hair. Yeah, it's real bad. Mm. It's a bad scene. Um, Troy has a nightmare about some green clouds. <laughs> And here's eyes in the dark, one moon circles. But she doesn't, it's just a bad dream. She doesn't think too much about it. No, but unfortunately that dream 
uh, and all the subsequent ones take up like 11 minutes of this episode. <laughs> There's a, kind of a lot of her being slowly lifted away from a camera on a rig <laughs> in this one. Uh, Jordy and... Oh, no, I've already done that. Fuck it. Uh, Jordy is trying to rig the Britain for towing, and little Ensign Adam Scott lookalike <laughs> uh, starts hearing noises. Jordy has to calm him down. Keiko comes home with a full head of steam about her bad day, but O'Brien's been pacing around and wants to talk about this guy, Tom Corbin, he thinks she's sweet on. <laughs> Was that that guy that he had a fight with over the table? Was it that? Maybe it's his nemesis. Oh, the guy from the table? No, I don't think so. That guy was... Uh, I think we knew that guy's name. Oh, okay. I don't know. But it doesn't matter. He storms off to 10 forward, and there's some other piece of shit there, Gillespie. <laughs> he is, too. Who sucks. just wants to... Who just well, he sucks real bad. He just wants to talk to O'Brien about like weird ghost sightings and why doesn't he fuck his wife and so on. <laughs> yep. Just real inappropriate stuff. I don't know what Gillespie's job is on the ship, but he definitely feels like he can get in O'Brien's business about Keiko. He's probably one of the 99% of the crew that are officers, so he can do whatever he wants uh, to O'Brien. He, he is wearing the uh, ho- single hollowed out pip oh. that that may mean chief petty officer during tng era it's not clear but he doesn't actually appear to be an officer oh wow so he really is just a real fucking he's sometimes a nasty boy it, sometimes you see it written as ensign junior grade some people think it's a warrant officer rank although kaczynski's thing is way different but whatever yeah uh anyway he's a nasty boy so o'brien fucking storms out of there uh picard keeps hearing phantom beeps at his door but no one's there and it's not even because someone explained ding dong ditch to data and he (laughs) wanted to try it then he looks like a prime asshole when troy and crusher actually are at the door it's it's, but they exactly like something that would happen in real life (laughs) it's 100 percent. your fucking doorbell would be malfunctioning and you'd be like this fucking doorbell man i'm not answering it again i'm not gonna be like hey we have something really important to tell you uh nobody is dreaming and uh, and that's that's what's going. Well, I actually haven't even figured that out yet. They just want to talk about how everyone's paranoid and losing their fucking minds. Then they enter, and Picard gives a look like, "What the, the fucking shit?" Yeah, uh, he he, uh, he is. I'm, there there isn't even a second where it passes over his brow. But I have to assume that while it's looking, while we're looking at uh, Crusher and Troy come in, a look is passing through over his face, like, "Ah, oh, these fuckers were playing with me." That's right. It was these two. <laughs> I'm going to remember uh, this. Uh, Dr. Crusher thinks she's funny. Uh, Ensign Rager has a real problem at her station. And now it turns out that the engines just don't work on the Enterprise. Just like they didn't work on the Britain. Oh, shit. Smash cut to ten days later. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Data those review. ten days weren't important. I guess not. <laughs> but anyway, in those ten days, I probably in the last two minutes, Data has figured out that they're trapped in something called a Tykin's Rift, and the secret to getting out of the Tykin's Rift is to blow up a big bomb, but they just don't have a big bomb on board. It's too bad. You'd think they got all kinds of stuff, but they can't do a big bomb. They can't make a big bomb, and Riker's suggestion to just mix everything together and see what happens, <laughs> is uh, it just gets a dirty look. We don't see that, but I'm sure it happened. If everyone wasn't so tired, that would have been their opening to say the smart thing, which was what he was trying to do. He was setting them up to say the smart thing, which he always right. does. But this time, no one picked it up. No anyway, one was awake. that scene didn't happen, but I imagined it too. <laughs> Picard and Riker uh, take a turbo lift back from this meeting and discuss how they're both feeling pretty rough. And Picard sends Riker off for a nap. And Riker looks like he's about to haul off and hit him when he gets this order. There's like seven or eight. 
nice small touch moments in this episode. And that yeah. was one of them where he's like so mad that he's being asked to go take a nap. <laughs> yeah. Just so mad. Um, then Picard has a big freak out in the turbo lift and thinks the roof is caving in on him. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and it's right when it gets to the bridge in front of Worf and everybody, he's screaming. So that ain't that good either. <laughs> oh. No. And even though Riker, in the meantime, has put on his creepiest blue pajamas, mm-hmm. he can't sleep because of the imaginary snakes in his bed. That's a problem I have often. You hallucinate snakes? Yep, all the time. Always coiled up around my ankles and everything. And then I get out of bed and I look at it and there's nothing in the bed. Yeah, that sucks. That's a bad one. <clears throat> yeah. Data comes in and tells Picard he wants to try the deflector trick from Best of Both Worlds because they still have the effects footage spooled up. <laughs> And Picard says, yeah, okay, well, let's try that. But by the way, Data, you got to be ready to take command here because uh, it looks like it's going bad for all of us. Yeah. I, I, st- I mean, I told, you just saw what I did in the turbo lift. I, so. I told Riker a cool story about how one of us should try to keep our faculties like neither yeah. of us was going to do that anyway. And then, I, then I immediately then I shit my uniform it. real. I shit it real bad. Like he stepped out you, of the turbo lift. Because you're an and android, I, you can't smell it. But I promise you, everyone else could smell it. <laughs> He stepped out of the turbo lift, and I immediately started hallucinating. <laughs> yeah, it was very bad. I Frankly, I should have taken the nap. I should have called him right back. I should have, you know what, no, what? you take the first shift. Yeah. Um, Crusher is doing brain scans on the bodies of the Bretagne dead when they suddenly sit up behind her in the best hallucination of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not perfect in one of the shots you could still see that one of them is sitting upright even after the music indicates that things have gone back to normal because <laughs> they haven't cut back to the long shot yet, but that's fine. Uh, she brings her theory to Picard and Data. No one on the ship is dreaming except for Troy, who's having permanent nightmares, and as a result, everyone is developing a chemical imbalance, oh. and if they can't fix it, everyone's going to end up insane. Well, there you go. Uh, Gillespie, who must be just an asshole in real life, is trying to encourage a mutiny in 10 forward. Well, when in doubt. Uh, Jordy fires off the deflector dish, but as usual with this fucking thing, nothing happens. <laughs> you know, I don't think they got it right the first time, so doing it again didn't help. Yeah. <laughs> like, the first time they used it, it didn't do anything, and I don't think it's because the Borg figured anything out. I think it's just not a good, it's not a good Oh, the idea. Borg, the Borg got the plan out of Picard's mind and went... Well, that won't work. That's not that we don't have to do anything, guys. So Good the news. The countermeasure they developed for that was no countermeasure. <laughs> right. Uh, Worf goes to his suicide nook and pours some wine on a knife, but Troy saw him leave the bridge and stops him from killing himself. Mm. Data gives an acting captain's log that does nothing but inform us that he's taken command. Yeah. Uh, now the guy from Twin Peaks repeats Eyes in the Dark and One Moon Circles <laughs> to Troy. And that this is when it clicks for it, because that can't be a coincidence. Even though he's telepathic and maybe he just heard her dream? I don't know. She tells Crusher, it's not a dream, it's a message. And they run up to Picard's ready room, where she tells him she thinks there's another species trapped somewhere in the Tykin's Rift. And the telepathic communication that they are sending out is what's blocking everybody's sleep. Mm Mm-hmm. So, presumably, so those go. guys are trapped on the other side, but they are not going crazy because they can sleep fine. Yeah, they're sleeping just fine. They're doing the thing that's... And in fact, it, one of them mentions that the 
the last time someone was caught in a Tykins Rift, nobody had any trouble sleeping and nobody went crazy. It was purely yeah. a problem of getting out of the Tykins Rift. This episode is every episode of House where it ends up being two things. <laughs> sort of, yeah. <laughs> they are caught in a Tykins Rift, but also they're telepathic aliens. Uh, her plan is to go back into her Nightmares Chakotay style and do some directed dreaming good, good, and good. bring them a message. But she doesn't know what message to send. Also, she hasn't picked so she, out a totem, so she might have some trouble waking up. That That is also true. She doesn't know about that moon. Um, it's Even though they've been telling her all along about one moon. Yep. Uh, Data and Troy start looking for a message to send them. They're going over the list of explosive elements they have on board. Troy sees a, the Bohr model of the hydrogen atom and recognizes that the aliens are one step ahead of them and sending a message about what they want. Mm-hmm. So their plan is to release hydrogen into the Tykins Rift. All Troy's going to have to do is find them in the dream and say now when they get started. She'll have about two minutes before they can't send any more hydrogen out there. Data sends everyone to the shelter areas to divert power from life support. This is when Gillespie starts his big fight. <laughs> Since O'Brien has the most punchable face around, he gets it first. <laughs> um, it's true. He looked around the room and, who the fuck should I punch first? Oh, this fucking guy right uh, here. Oh, this guy. My buddy, you, Miles, who can't fuck could, his wife. <laughs> you could tell he won't even get a black eye. Look at this guy. <laughs> That's right. Um, Guinan pulls a very badly made ugly toy gun prop out from behind the bar and fires it into the ceiling and into deck nine, presumably. Yeah, she probably had it on setting fucking a million as well. Well, she had it on setting one and she offers uh, to show them all setting two after this stops the fight. Uh, Crusher calls up to the bridge and tells Data it's on. Troy's in REM sleep. He starts sending the hydrogen out there. Troy floats around screaming, where are you? I have to find you. And eventually a weird murky being appears in front of her. Uh, from the bridge, the we see the hydrogen stream trail off. They think it's failed, but then suddenly there's a big explosion that's a reuse of the Genesis device. Yeah. Uh, and then power immediately returns to the ship and Picard and this weird alien ship pass each other as they're trying to get out of this fucking thing. But no one stops sense. to say hi or anything. It's no, just, they don't, they don't yeah. to do anything. They don't attempt to find out who these guys are or tell them, hey, don't do that anymore. Yeah, the hey, thing that you telepathy were really fucked us. Hey, look into radio. <laughs> radio would have worked. Hey, you see this smaller ship over here next to us? See this one? You killed everyone on that Yeah, ship. you're responsible for all their lives. Rush Except kicking you to one court. guy who's permanently crazy now. <laughs> yeah, you're going to court and we'll see you in court. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, sorry this is Picard again uh, I just looked it up it turns out there's no law in our books to fit your crime so it's tough we've been looking into it we've been looking into adding some laws lately but we're not there yet <laughs> go, go about your business I guess yeah. uh, and Data orders Picard to go to sleep as his last act as captain yeah Matthew mm, yeah what's this one about I'll go with Ben first he said rational thought will figure out how to get you out of crazy situations or we can take comfort in the underlying rationality of the universe. Or you can assume that your dream is a message from an alien species <laughs> that you've never heard of and don't know exists for sure. I was trying to figure and out which part was the rational part he was talking yeah, about. It's, everyone does kind of take a fucking leap of faith on this one because they, A, they'd have got no other options. Well, and what's it going to cost them? A little hydrogen? Troy comes in to tell him it's definitely a message from telepathic aliens and Picard looks too tired even to protest. He just goes, yeah, yeah okay, sure. All right. I guess. I tell you what, I'm going to trust you on that one. What's next? <laughs> ben gave it a three for that. Uh, I landed. This was his pick of the week. A reminder to everyone. Yeah, it starts with a three. So we're off to a good start. Um, 
I landed on no take. I see. <laughs> Something about how important our dreams really are, which would kind of be a lie, or something about getting a good night's sleep, which would be such a waste of my time. So I'm just, I'm no-taking it. I couldn't think of anything that that I really got out of this episode. So that's a zero. All right, I am giving it one point on the possibility that you could walk away from this episode with the take, don't be afraid to ask for help. This is based on... Picard turning the ship over to Data. Yeah. And Worf accepting Troy's hand on the way to sick bay. Worf, yeah. But I can only give it one point because I don't believe anyone else in the universe would say that's what this episode was about. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that is, oh, you could only come up with that if you were desperately trying to come up with something. That I just couldn't quite no-take it because I thought there was something. You know, well, really because I just liked how Picard handled this whole thing, frankly. Aren't those aliens asking for help, too? And the aliens are also asking for yeah. help. They're... Hey, they're messing it up by asking for help, but they don't know that, and no one tells <laughs> it's them. True, it doesn't really. And they will never know that, and they'll try it again next time. Doesn't really support the take if it messes everything up. I guess. But. Fact, they're going to think, well, this was slow, but it did eventually work. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's some way we can use more telepathy next time to make it faster. Yeah. So that's a one. Okay. Well, what about execution though? This one has always been, I think, an all-time favorite in the canon. So. Well, <laughs> well, Ben's a five. Okay. Good. Um. He yeah, yeah. I guess uh. he says as usual. Most of the crew is pretty on the ball in detecting weirdness. Um, yeah, weirdness yeah. is pretty easy in this one. And he says the show won't see the crew fighting each other except for in ten forward. Yeah, when they did fight. So the first violence is Worf looking to off himself. Yeah, he's a five. Uh, I'm not a five. Okay. So hey, what an unlucky coincidence. The engines stop working due to a space anomaly, and everyone else stops working due to weird aliens. Mm-hmm. Luckily, there's a telepath and an android on board. It's a lot of good stuff. To get them out of the huge bloodbath that would otherwise ensue. <clears throat> uh, the story progresses fairly linearly, except for a 10-day jump cut, which seems like it could have been omitted, and also makes it seem like it sure took these guys a while to take it seriously here. Yeah, no shit they've all gone crazy. They went fucking two weeks or whatever without reaching REM sleep. Yeah. And then the idea that these spacefaring aliens were missing hydrogen, of all things, is incredibly weak. There's a very real sense in which the only thing in the universe is hydrogen and everything else is a statistical blip. Yeah. But that's what these guys need. Luckily, it wasn't something too complicated to send a very simple message about. (laughs) Everyone got real lucky is what I'm saying. Yes. Except for the start where they were real unlucky. Right. Uh, there are some tense moments like the morgue scene. Even Picard's turbo lift freak out isn't too bad. It is also not a good opportunity to see his lifts. Um, but it is all kind of undercut by Troy's green dream. <laughs> it's not good. It's uh, not. This was not a good outing. I, I gave it a two. Hey, guys, we nailed it. We nailed the special effect. No, I'm looking at him now. They look great. Hey, can we do, let's do 10 more minutes of this. You can only see her swinging back and forth in the harness a little. (laughs) It's just insane that they went with that much of it. It looked bad immediately. Why did they do so much? (laughs) (sighs) All right, you were a two. Um, Yeah. They couldn't do a dream where like Troy was running to try and make the bus so she could get to school. <laughs> That's right. Maybe the bus driver. And, and also trust that people would be able to hear one moon circles. So, 
Uh, well, look, this episode was partially very dull and partially very silly. Um, you mentioned some of the insane coincidences. Again, what an insane coincidence that both Data and the unknown unseen aliens have the exact same plan about telling people what half of a giant explosion to make because yeah. somehow neither side has the good, good stuff you need to make one yourself. Yeah. Also, the it's very dumb and bad. Because the first guy that was trapped in the Tykins Rift just had two regular-ass elements, which sure makes it seem like it was just a chemical explosion that got him out the last time. Yeah. And it's like, probably one photon torpedo is more powerful than that, let alone, you know, all of the antimatter they have on the ship, maybe. All they ever talk about is how explosive matter and antimatter are. Can we just, like, can we just do that? We got some. Yeah, they got a ton of it. Uh, again, once they've blown up the Titans Rift, they could just call Starfleet for help. Yeah, I. Yeah. They could eject their warp core and detonate it. That shit's always treated as a very big explosion. Yeah. Uh, again, could the effects in these Troy scenes be any worse? What if Riker had had the suggestion? What if we ram two shuttles together out there? That'd probably <laughs> be a pretty big crash, huh? <laughs> All right, think about it. We fly one shuttle out there, and it's packed full of photon torpedoes. <laughs> It's got a bunch of them. It's got like 20 like How many can torpedoes. you get in there? Six? Seven? All stacked up in there and like taped to the outside of the shuttle. <laughs> and then we, we send another shuttle at it at warp speed. <laughs> um, interesting number of side characters in this episode getting lines. I guess TNG's better than Voyager, for example, about showing off stuff outside of the main cast but i was still surprised like little weird skinny guy got lines like jaeger gets lines yeah it's raker but yeah they were Sorry. definitely they were definitely willing to pay day rate for a couple of extras for sure yeah it was uh it was a little bit weird but i actually liked a lot of the performances in this one i thought there were lots of good small touches as i said earlier um and that kind of saves what is a just a real whoopsie of an episode um and i gave it as much as three all right um yeah i don't disagree i think uh this very terrible plot none of the other shows could have handled it maybe maybe tos i mean look maybe it would have been fun to see kirk losing it tng didn't really handle it like it was still a bad episode but they at least are able to throw a couple things in there where you go okay that could have been worse did they do some good or bad world building for you? Uh, ben gave it a three. He has the point. Data runs the entire ship for much of the episode and exposes a big flaw in the conception of the future that the crew isn't really needed at all for most missions. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and we just handled this in Remember Me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense that they aren't there, but does it? <laughs> I wasn't quite as high on it. I gave it a two. Uh, the USS pertains a missing science vessel, yet another space madness. This time the madness comes along with broken engines because it's a Titan's Rift and a telepathic alien. What is the future, and why does Picard immediately suspect drugs were the culprit on the other ship? That's a good question. It's like drugs. It's drugs, it's right? I know. I've heard about the pertain. I know how they like to get down. It was definitely uh, drugs. I've, it sounds like these guys got a hold of some PCP. <laughs> it's like, why does he think that? Uh, we uh, we see what a phaser on setting six or seven does to somebody's head. It kind of ground beefs it a little bit. Um, is there always a backup helmsman on the bridge? 
We've seen it a few times where someone just like immediately steps in. And what is he doing at Science 2 the rest of the time? He's playing a game. Actually, this guy was way back at Bridge Engineering, now that I think about it. He's playing a game of some kind, right? Lynn's just playing Snake back there. He's playing, he's playing, he's playing that game. Ricoch- she's playing Ricochet. <laughs> I don't know if you've played Ricochet. I have not. Okay. Well, that's what it sounds like. You shoot bullets around and try to bounce them around the screen. Um, <clears throat> uh, back to the main deflector dish, which fails every time they use it. Um in Enterprise or Voyager, wouldn't they put everyone in stasis and let the one character immune from the illness try to ride it out alone? In this case, Data. But it's not mentioned in this one, and I guess it's because they don't actually know how to like fucking escape yet. They still need everybody trying to figure out how to fix it. It definitely seems like they at least need Crusher operational okay. till the end. Because they definitely, if later on when they wrote this episode, they would have gone, then Data pilots the ship and everyone's asleep, but it's spooky. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, we have one of those coming up in Voyager pretty soon. Uh, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Voyager has uh, one-eighth the population of the Enterprise. Maybe that is also why. Yeah. Uh, the stuff about the health benefits of REM sleep. Starfleet knows of no technology to block telepathic transmissions. Kynan has a... They, they, will, they will in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> right. Oda will tell him to set up the telepathic whatevers That's pretty true. soon. Yep. Maybe they finally fucking got to work on it after this. Um, Guinan, as you said, has a real ugly rifle. It looks like it wasn't fully rendered or something. <laughs> a real waste of Guinan in this episode, by the way. Yeah, she could have done all kinds of cool stuff. She's got um all the great mental abilities. Yeah. They could have brought her up to run the fucking ship. Uh, to, she could have helped Worf figure out that he didn't need to kill himself or something. Yeah, they're buddies. They hang out all the time in fucking Ten Forward. He would have like he should have left Ten Forward all fucking grumpy, and then she would have. Well, they cut nine fucking minutes out of this one because apparently every single actor's take on "You're sleep deprived" was to read the lines real slow, <laughs> and the thing came in nine minutes long. Okay, but whose fault is that? Uh, these guys don't know what the hell is these guys wrote a dumb episode and the actors are like so i'm sleepy okay i'll give you sleepy it's all right i guess i'm gonna like be confused and pause in weird places probably yeah, like, i'll probably i'll probably stroke my beard a little bit it's obviously frank's <laughs> the only one i'm interested in their acting process is frank's <laughs> i scratch my beard a little bit before i ask meaning <laughs> Um, <laughs> I believe that though I believe that they all just went oh, let's all talk real slow and then the episode was insane insanely long because they just never even thought that might happen Um, telepathic communication through dreams I said two but I could see a three Um, ooh, well I have it as a one okay so just a two for me then <laughs> so we'll just leave that <laughs> Let's just leave that too right where it is. Yeah. Huh? The uh, yeah, like you, no way to block telepathic ability. Enterprise is at least twelve days distance from help by subspace radio, Oof. which is like they send a message, but it'll be at least two more, two more weeks before they could get help. Oof! What? Yeah, they went far. They shouldn't go where so far they? just to look at pulsars or whatever. Jesus, guys. No, I mean, they were trying to find the Bretagne. What, what was a Miranda-class <laughs> ship? Can it carry enough food? <laughs> the science class. The science vessels really get out there. 
Yeah. Anyway, they're operating way far away. No way to block te- uh, telepathy. Tykin's Rifts, finally the space anomaly Riker can defeat on his own. And here's Enterprise with no big bombs on board. I couldn't believe they couldn't, they couldn't make an explosion with everything on that ship. They have to work so hard not to make an explosion most of the time. <laughs> Jordy's so worried that there's going to be a big explosion every week. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, and then again, it's so dumb that no one no one talks about antimatter or why antimatter can't blow it up. And instead, they're just going to shoot hydrogen into space where it'll start dispersing immediately. I know. And hope that these dipshits have some caladenium. <laughs> the fuck is that going to do? Going to make caladenium hydride? Yeah. Which, as you know, is a big bomb. <laughs> I gave it a one. It's fair. Look, any criticism you want to level against this episode is, seems pretty fair. <clears throat> Characterization. Ben. Yeah. Ben's a three. He says Beverly seems to be the only one that recognizes the hallucinations for what they are. Guinan embraced the barkeep theme with her laser shotgun under the bar. That rhymes, and I'm into that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Characterization. I'm getting real sick of the way O'Brien treats Keiko. They got married five minutes ago. And those have been five bad minutes. This Tom Corbin thing didn't start here in the Tykins Rift. No. He's been jealous for a long time and just, you know, trying to play it cool. Yeah. And also one more bar fight for this drunken lout. He's been in a few, huh? And again, on DS9, they don't even show us the bar fights anymore. We just see them later in jail. We just smash cut and we're like, ow, oh, Brian got in a bar fight. Oh, uh, Brian again, huh? Okay. I'm surprised the Irish government didn't lodge a complaint. Right? Well, sometimes... Like, hey, we've been fighting, we've been fighting Hollywood since John Wayne, and uh, <laughs> you gotta knock this off. Sometimes he goes into the bar and just fucking twists the barkeeper's arm behind his back and no one even tries to stop him. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's never fun to see Picard impaired. Also, I got a real bad vibe from Wrecker when he got ordered to take a nap. <laughs> and here, uh, Worf rushes off to commit suicide. But again, at least he accepts help. Yeah. Look, characterization isn't the problem with this episode, but it also doesn't stand out. Uh, I gave it a four. Um, I only gave it a three. I sighed out loud when Troy just said, I don't know. There's something. <laughs> Long fucking pause. <laughs> Just there's something, <laughs> and I, like, can they make her any less useful if they tried? I mean, holy shit! That's acceptable talking to her boss, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's something. That's it. That's all I had. What am I supposed to do with that? <laughs> uh, as previously discussed, Troy can't go to bed unless she's got her hair and makeup all did up, and she's wearing her sexiest outfits. <laughs> what is she wearing to bed? Listen, thirty-four people died on that ship, <laughs> and. uh I'm really going to pamper myself tonight. Yeah, this is a me day. I'm taking a me day. Uh, She does manage to talk Worf out of killing himself. Though when they leave that room together, he is so shattered, I would bet on him trying again 40 minutes later. Boy, he takes her hand like a little boy. (laughs) He does not seem... On the way out of there. Ready to be on his own yet. I think we have to assume Crusher gave him a great big sedative when they got down to sickbay. (laughs) Maybe she's got some real... Maybe they got the real good fucking uh prozac of the future or whatever and she just yeah. dosed him the fuck up yeah. uh well this fits in with theory corner about o'brien hearing about a weird phenomenon and then pretending he's affected so he can yell at his wife huh 
<laughs> hey, everyone's talking about these fucking uh, hallucinations. Everyone's being real sensitive today, so he's going to take an opportunity to get some questions answered about Tom Corbin. Yeah, some motherfucker said something about hallucinating, and he's like, oh, there's hallucinations going around? Okay, okay, okay. And he goes back to his quarters, and he's like, what about Tom Corbin? <laughs> this fucking guy. It was a dead giveaway when he said, ah, these hallucinations. The hallucinations are getting me, I think. <laughs> so good. This one really tracks. Like, I cannot okay. wait for Power Play so we can really see the thing bounce off his body. I'm kind of convinced that I I will make myself see the thing bounce off his body. <laughs> Could O'Brien be a dowd? <laughs> Why do you ask? Just because that dude has been playing human for a while. Oh, right. But, like, if he were in O'Brien's position, he probably would be invulnerable to all this shit and have to play along. <laughs> he just wouldn't be that good at it. Yeah, it just, it just wouldn't be that good at it. That's why he had to leave the room. He ran out of cool stuff to say about his hallucinations, and he had to go to the bar and hang out. Because <laughs> <laughs> you notice when he gets to the bar, he's way cooler. He, is, he has really calmed down <laughs> in the walk to the bar. He sees Gillespie acting like a freak, and he's like, what's up with this guy? Um... Uh, Worf is not in his right mind, uh, but he is the first that decides to go off himself, and that's odd. <clears throat> Face your fears, you fucking coward. Yeah. Everyone else on that ship is scared. How come they don't go to kill themselves? What's the deal here? Uh, well, th- <sighs> Worf is no longer a warrior. Because he feels He's fear? no longer strong. <laughs> no longer strong. And he can no longer achieve an erection. I'm so glad that Michael Dorn plays that character because when he says that he's no longer strong, I felt it. I felt sad. Yeah. Ah, uh, boy, there wasn't a whole lot attempted here. That's why it's just the three. Well, like you, there's no argument to be made in favor of this episode, really. No. What have you got? In terms of the quickest of hitters. I noticed in the teaser that the music and premise of this were very season one. <laughs> but it does. It starts with extremely sinister music well, be- well before it's clear that there's a pro- The problem is a ship is missing. Uh-huh, and they find the ship, and guess what? They got the space madness again. And I went, oh my yeah. god, we're doing this again? More it space madness. It really is the naked, naked Now 2 yeah. electric boogaloo. Uh, the One Moon Circles guy is Nerun from Babylon 5. I uh, It's not the guy from Twin Peaks. No. You know which guy I'm talking <laughs> Well, about. when you said that earlier, I did think, well, the, when I first saw him, I did go, hey, is that Kyle McLaughlin? Yeah, but that's then the guy. I saw, I, I saw a better look at his face, and I went, that's fucking Nerun. <laughs> um, I did not remember he was in this, but I, I'm sure I 100% had to have recognized him on my last watch. Well, he doesn't have anything to say or do in this one, really. So, no, I, we don't. I don't even know. I don't have Naroon's voice oh, yeah, memorized well enough to know if he does the ADR. He did that's done while this guy. Okay, yeah, good. he was. It was his voice for sure. Um, <clears throat> I said, "Oh no, I've already spaced out twice, and we have thirty-seven more minutes in this fucker." Um, also, how did you like his weird uh, shirt? That was extremely open at the neck. <laughs> had a neckline that opened all the way to the shoulders. It was like a padded envelope. It was, yes, it was an odd look. I don't know what that guy's deal was. Why was he on that ship? What was his job on the Britain? Did, what, 
is he an officer? But he was just out of uniform when the business happened, the final business that left him That's in a that good closet. Question. Some kind of civilian scientist. Yeah. But studying binary stars, maybe? I don't even know. I'm sure they, like you said, they identified him, but I don't remember any of the details. If There's only 34 people on the ship, so. Yeah. Um, like the skinny little ensign is not served by this form-fitting jumpsuit. No, he looks tan. He looked like one of those hairless cats. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, please put him in something bigger. Put him in some bigger clothes. <laughs> uh, great small touch acting by Picard when he's having his doorbell problems. The way he raised his hands and goes, what? When the door opens, I went, that's exactly how I would react. <laughs> I would not be cool enough to keep it quiet. I'd go, what? Uh, Crusher and Troy come in and he looks so pissed um, that this time the doorbell was real. Another was when Worf was detained. And the fact that they didn't bother to show us what was happening to him. Nope. He just shows up to the meeting late. I don't even remember who looked at him. And he just looks at him and goes, I was detained. Yep. It's like, that's so great. You just have to imagine what was happening. Yeah, was he is he late? Did was did he oversleep because of crankiness or a bad dream? Was, or did he get did he get in a almost get in a fight and kill a man in the hallway? <laughs> was he taken short? Like what happened? Because yeah. <laughs> if you were taken short, you for sure would say you were detained. <laughs> yeah. Um and then that Riker is so unhappy with Picard's nap idea, but does a pretty good job of biting his tongue. But he makes the face of a man who is fucking enraged. <laughs> Yeah, because he's so irritable. So I really like the performances. Um, but that's it for my quick hitters. Oh, uh, Ben wonders what the standard pay rate is for not talking but rolling your head around anguished. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he wonders how the sick bay risen dead scene doesn't haunt every coroner ever. Yeah. Well, and he likes Riker's crazy hair. Riker <laughs> does look disheveled better than anybody on the ship but maybe Worf like Worf can look real disheveled at times too yeah someday we'll get to see him in the alternate universe where the Borg are and he looks pretty rough in that one <laughs> he does look real rough in that one that's another good example uh for me I just have a few that you didn't mention um the subtitles and all the in in show graphics say Bretagne with an initial a but the ship model that for, for some reason in this one they show you the registry a super up close and it's Britain with an eye. Ah, uh, okay. So someone fucked it up. Um, hey, I know this wasn't aired in HD, and who knows what you could see on the original screen. Why did they have to put Marina Sirtis in such a transparent nightgown for this fucking throwaway scene when she wakes up from the first nightmare? That's what I'm saying. Why does she wear her fucking horny negligee to bed all the time? <laughs> it's like. Uh, is it important that we know the exact size and position of her areolas <laughs> for this? Is that useful to anyone? And again, fucking poor woman. Was this an extremely creepy set to work on? Is what I'm 100%. asking. Because like, imagine when they turned all the set lights back up at the end of that scene. Yeah. And you know, fucking Gene Roddenberry was walking around telling her not to wear underwear either. Yep, and it's the whole thing. And in her dressing room, they keep the lights real low so she can't really see. She doesn't uh, know when she gets out there. It's, no, it's a big ambush. Crazy it's a big ambush. And again, yeah. full hair and makeup for uh -huh. sleep. Uh huh. I, uh, I don't know what they're. Why? Why do they? Then they just put Riker, like you said, in some real dumb pajamas, and you're just like. What is it? Why is the show doing this? Fucking Gene. 
Yeah. It is horny old Gene for sure. Do you think this actor tells people, I was in a TNG, but don't bother watching it. I just wear black contacts and look terrified for five minutes of screen time. Turn on the episode of Babylon 5 where I fight to the death with Marcus. That's that's a good one. That's got pathos. <laughs> um, I assume this suicide nook is always set up in Worf's quarters and he just refreshes the wine or poison or whatever that is from time to time. It did look like he was very ready for it. All he did was take, I mean, he, pick up the little knife. All he did and, was flip the case over, <laughs> case open, and pull that knife out and pour wine over it into the waiting bowl. Yep. It is set up. like he's, And I know that the, they love the suicide there, but, like, man, he is ready to go with that one. Yeah. And I'm just going to assume Enterprise never even bothered to make first contact with these telepaths after they got out of the rift. Because we'll never hear about it again and they certainly just flew on their separate ways and that was the end of yeah, it. Yeah, they showed they showed those ships just passing and that was it. So like I mean, maybe Picard got one look at them as they were flying out of there and he was like, that's just a bunch of glowing cubes stacked together. I don't even want to deal with it at the moment. <laughs> I don't like, think we're going to get to talk to him very I good. don't know how to hail those guys and I don't I don't know if I, frankly I don't know if I want to at this point. Data, can you make a holographic projection of some other cubes? Can you do that? Maybe we can convince some work cubes. We could have a chat. <laughs> uh, best actor. There were lots of uh, small touches, as you said, but I gave it to Jordy talking to his spooked nephew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tried hey, hard. Hey, man, 34 people died on this ship. It's it's creepy. I get it. Yeah, totally understandable that you're hearing voices for sure. Yeah. Uh, worst actor, Troy trying to find the aliens to shout now at off screen because we don't even hear her once she, once they appear. We don't hear what she says to them at all. Oh, so. yeah. And I meant to say that earlier. So we get like 11 minutes <laughs> of her floating <laughs> around in this green space. <laughs> that, that last scene is a solid 90 seconds of where are you? I have to tell you. I have to tell you. And then we don't even see her tell them. <laughs> they fucking materialize and then we just cut to the bridge. I couldn't believe it when they didn't show the seed. I didn't want to see it, but why were we seeing all the other so, stuff? A real cock tease, if you ask me. I, I don't understand any of the decisions they made. Judah, I don't feel good. No, I get I it, man. I don't think the pills are helping. <laughs> Don't get a migraine in the middle of the show. I'm not. I'm weirdly emotional. My eyes just welled up. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> <sighs> no, don't go to the suicide nook. I know. I feel like Worf. I'm not strong anymore because of this. We're going to... Well, I'm going to stay on the call with you after this until Marjan's home, okay? <laughs> That's good. Okay, buddy? God, I need someone around because this week... This crop of episodes made my eyes wet a lot this week. Well, shit, let's talk about the next one then. Okay. By the way, the fucking smoke in the air and it's been hot again, so I basically constantly have a fan blowing on my face while I work means that uh, I've had like random tears just running down my face all the time for the last two weeks. <laughs> just taking pictures of it and posting about 2020? No, no, thankfully, thankfully I don't. <laughs> thankfully I don't do that behavior. Yeah, I don't, everyone, it's uh, totally cool and normal. At, during podcasting time this week, there is nothing bad going on anywhere in the world. We're nope. a regular time. <sighs> Second place last week was Enterprise. Yeah. This week we watched Affliction. Was that not enough? No, I didn't get the second note really. Yeah. <laughs> 
we start in a Klingon lab where a condemned prisoner is brought in and attached to an IV drip of Ghostbusters Ecto Cooler. <laughs> and then we see him scream as his forehead rearranges itself. Which I'm sure is just a totally safe procedure to have happen yep. on your head. Your head safe and head ethical. shape does not matter. Uh, there's nothing sensitive behind whatever those bones are. Nope. Enterprise has returned to Earth for the launch of Columbia. Trip is packing to leave. T'Pol comes to see him and directly asks if he's leaving because of her, but he evades the question and then denies it. Hoshi and Phlox have been at that great San Francisco Chinese restaurant again, and they're walking home from that dinner when they get attacked and Phlox gets stunned. Hoshi hears the attackers as she's like losing consciousness, but all she can identify is that they weren't speaking English. Yeah. Some security officer, Colin, shows up. She's not helpful. She thinks this was maybe related to his last alien fight in San Francisco. When he blew up like a blowfish? She's not interested in uh, Reed's idea that maybe they were he was beamed out of there. Uh, doesn't matter. We're not going to see her again. <laughs> um, maybe in part two. Maybe in part two. Who knows? Trip goes aboard Columbia, starts shouting at the engineers for no reason. Um, one of them is Seth MacFarlane. <sighs> I guess he also transferred. And then he formally reports to Captain Hernandez, uh, who sexed Archer up a couple weeks ago. I remember, on top so of a mountain. We know her. Yeah, up on that mountain with the cougar <laughs> that that turn, turned into some Zindies? Some, uh, in, not insectoids. Some reptilians? Reptilian Zindies? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. He had a great yeah, dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Archer asks to Paul to help Hoshi remember the kidnapper's words, but she's never initiated a mind meld. Luckily, Archer thinks he can teach her how. Yeah. Uh, Reed has been looking for transporter traces, discovers the satellite grid was offline, and when he calls to try and figure out why, some kind of leather daddy appears on the screen. <laughs> His uniform and tells him to is extremely fucking somebody's leather fucking love seat or whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he tells him to meet up in one hour. He, he knows where or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Uh, T'Pol gets up in Hoshi's mind. They relive the attack together. They discover that the attackers were Rigelian and the Rigelian ship that left orbit immediately after the attack didn't go in the direction of their filed flight plan. Reed has reached his rendezvous, and it turns out he knows this guy, and he is given a new assignment off screen, uh, even though he's no longer part of this guy's section. <laughs> section. Oh. That's, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know if that's a spoiler for, it's not a spoiler for anybody who has never watched Deep Space Nine, because <laughs> we're not at that point yet, but yeah. it means something, don't worry. Yeah. Phlox uh, is welcomed by the Klingons to Kuvat Colony, told that uh, Dr. Antok will be assisting him, or he can die. Uh, Antok tells Phlox that a virus is spreading from planet to planet, infecting millions. He's isolated the virus. And what can Phlox do but help? He's got a virus. He's a doctor. Sure, we know about his medical ethics. Yeah, they're irreproachable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Archer tries to squeeze a little more juice out of the engines from the new chief engineer, Commander Kelby, as they track down the Rigelian freighter. 
Hernandez has dinner with uh, Trip and tells him he's got to quit button heads with the engineers. Two people have already asked for transfers, etc. Damn, that was fast. Uh, then here's the worst scene in the episode. DePaul sees Trip in her cloud space during a meditation. <laughs> It's, uh, it's her void or whatever, her Janet oh, void. Oh, he definitely has. She definitely has that guy in her void all the time. Yeah. Um. But uh, <clears throat> then it, then he says, "This is my daydream," and then we cut back to him. Yeah. Day, daydreaming on the Columbia. Yeah. But like we saw her meditating at the start. Was that part of his daydream? It was. No. It was, later, it will turn out that it was both of them somehow. It was. Uh, no, it was a Chaco situation. The part where she was dreaming was poor was the first part of his dream, and then the part where they, uh, <laughs> the part where they were together in the cloud space well, that, was the second part. <laughs> well, that's not going to explain. Well, anyway, <laughs> no, you're right. Um, they both were dreaming it. Yeah, they both had the same dream. Uh, Enterprise arrives at the totally trashed freighter, but Flox's body is not aboard. Reed pretends he doesn't know who did it and tells Archer he needs to bring in some debris. Feels like he's stalling for time. Mm. Uh, he is uh, acting in a way that would definitely lead to a mutiny circle on TNG, but because this is Enterprise and we need the plot to carry on for a little bit, no one notices. Yeah. Uh, the Klingons bring in that guy from the uh, teaser who is uh, still at stage one of this virus and not yet contagious, and they euthanize him for Flocks to dissect. Yeah. Reed talks to... Uh, to his contact again who suggests telling archer the freighter was attacked by orions he's in the middle of telling him to forget his principles and like fucking suck it up when the ship comes under attack by a klingon bird of prey and a bunch of uh tos style smooth heads board the ship mm-hmm. all orange makeup and everything uh-huh they really do look like the tos ones <laughs> Uh, they scan for some data or plant a virus or something and beam out again and the ship gets away. They have one that they've captured, but Archer can't give chase. The helm isn't responding. Hoshi recognizes that this weird guy is speaking Klingon and that his biosignature confirms it. And they assume at this point that he was surgically altered to look human. Right. But that's probably not what's happening because at this point, Flox has recognized that the virus contains augment dna oh great and the general this klingon general comes in and tells flocks yeah well do you remember when those augments just ripped shit all through one of our birds of prey and took it over Mm -hmm. well we couldn't let you guys have that weapon so yeah we were pretty sure you were making super soldiers so yeah so it's an arms race yeah and um Unfortunately, just like in that Pulaski episode with the sexy adult children. <laughs> the smooth children. The smooth adult yeah. children. The, the oiled smooth adult children. <laughs> the uh, augment virus modified a flu virus and that's why it's killing everyone. Mm. Cool. Uh, at this point, we have a scene where Hoshi tells uh, to Paul that she had that same white fog dream about Trip. And she seems, she can't connect the fucking dots. And she's like, I don't think about Trip that way, but maybe. <laughs> it really awakened like, something in her. If she didn't think this had something to do with uh, the mind meld, why, why is she, she telling this to T'Pol? Exactly right. Why bother? This is like when Bolana Torres 
went to tell Janeway about their sexy Chicote dreams or whatever, <laughs> and she would just like expected her to be like, nice. Yeah, that was hot. Tell me again. <laughs> tell it slower. <laughs> um, but uh, during this same session, Tapal and Hoshi figure something out, and the next scene is them telling Archer that uh, old Pineapple Reed himself deliberately wiped the Regellian black box. Yeah. That guy. <sighs> Archer goes and confronts him about the black box, about the faked weapon analysis. He refuses to answer questions, and Archer has him hauled off to the brig. Uh, he comes back later to question him or threaten to execute him or something. We don't really find out. All Reed will say is that he has some obligations that go beyond his loyalty to Archer and the crew. Even though Archer threatens to tell his dad he's been naughty, he won't give it up. <laughs> he literally does. I don't um, think your dad would appreciate this. <laughs> for real. And it seems to get to him. Yep. Well, he's like, mm, uh, I wouldn't know. My dad doesn't talk to me. <laughs> Ontok and this general tell Phlox that the fleet, the Klingon fleet, has been dispatched and, in fact, already wiped out another whole colony to stop the spread of this thing. Yeah. And that they're going to get here to Kuvat Colony in five days. And Ontok thinks that the only way that they get out of this thing alive is if they can figure out a way to stabilize the virus, the augment virus. Right. So that then the Klingons won't murder everyone. Sure. Uh, but Phlox insists he won't participate in that even for his life. So Columbia leaves space dock. The Klingon augment is placed in the adjoining cell to read. Something goes wrong with the engines. The other way to reduce pressure on the engines is to go to maximum warp. Reed doesn't like cooling his heels in the brig while the ship's in peril. Too bad. T'Pol and the new engineer discover the Klingon virus, but don't know how to get it out of there. And the Enterprise is now at warp 5.2, which is faster than they've ever gone, and shaking to be continued. Mm. Really ramps up at the end for old Enterprise. You know, when I saw Columbia leave Space Dock, I went, oh man, there is a 110% chance that next week they're going to double team some Klingon ships or something. There's going to yeah, be two cool Enterprises. catch up to Enterprise. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <clears throat> What's this one about? Uh, let's start with Ben. He says, real men don't ask for help. <laughs> this is his snarky take. The Klingons can't ask anyone for help. Trip doesn't want to talk out his feelings. Reed can't take his issues to Archer. Pretty loose ties between the parts, but if not this, then nothing. He gave it a one. Uh, I came up with... Something very similar. We're in the same space. Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> Boy, it sure seems like it, huh? Like, we haven't seen the ends of these plots yet, so it's hard to say for sure, but it feels like they're saying Trip, Reed, the Klingons, etc. Keeping these dumb secrets, and maybe everything would be better if they just fucking fessed up about them. But also, Trip might be better off. Um, It's possible if he just told the truth but we don't know anywhere near enough about what reed is up to to make that call yet and who fucking knows about the klingons yeah maybe i couldn't get a read on the take because i don't even know what the a plot was in this was it the klingon one is it the is it the reed is it the reed one is it the trip one which one's the a plot it's a good question i don't think they know <laughs> i don't think they knew where they wanted to focus this episode um, I mean, you want to say the teaser started with the Klingons, but like half of the Zindi arc ones start with the Council of Monsters, <laughs> and it's ne that's never the A plot. No, I really couldn't tell. Um, anyway, it's a tepid nothing take. I gave it a four. 
Uh, well, I'm not even a four on this, frankly. Okay. This is some kind of a reflection on loyalty to me. Okay. Flox is loyal to Starfleet, but above that, he has a duty to save lives. But maybe above that, he has a duty not to participate in unethical experimentation. Okay. It would Obviously, be, it would be nice has, to know his hierarchy if we could figure it out. For sure. Obviously, Reed has divided loyalties this week. Yeah. But they're not making much of a statement here, except maybe you may have duties more compelling than your latest oath. And that's not a lot. So I can only give it a two. Okay. Uh, I also feel like Enterprise has handled this before. This idea of... Oh, shit, probably. Different levels of responsibility, different levels of duty, different obligations. Um, a lot of Enterprise episodes are about Archer's duty in some way. So yeah. it's weird that he is not one of the people involved in this one, really. But Ben's a four on execution. He says this one goes for action and is fine with it, right? Yep. Um, and that's... And that's fine. For me, the shadowy X-Files stuff is no fun. No. Uh, The weird triple dream sequence just made me mad. (laughs) Yep. The Klingon raid on the ship was dumb, and I don't understand what purpose it served. I guess. To slow Enterprise down? I I guess to give them that virus, which they'll have to resolve in the first five minutes next week. I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, I didn't need this story told. Uh-huh. This is a rogue one to me. I don't care how they got the Death Star plans. I don't care why the Klingons look different in the motion picture. Yeah. But it's actually DS9's fault that this exists in canon at all. Yep. And it's just a bad choice by Brandon Brock or whoever to shoehorn it in here and feel like they want to take a crack at explaining it. But it's and this one's on DS9, frankly, because we were all perfectly happy with this is what Klingons have looked like now and they have always looked like that. But you saw Star Trek. <laughs> Calf that. Half the time it was just a body stocking painted a color, so. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this is the first notion of the Klingon human conflict being like kind of a Cold War style arms race like we see in TOS. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't find this one awful to watch, although it felt really long. So maybe there were some pacing issues that I just didn't take note of. Uh, I gave it a four overall. I was close. I gave it a three. They love doing these arcs this season, but I think they're getting worse at them. <laughs> like, well, this at this point, at least when they were filming this, everyone knew the show was canceled. Yes, so. that is that is a possible excuse that would make sense. But like, all these stories that are in this episode are incomplete, so it's hard to know how to critique them. Because again, I have seen these; I have no memory of of like most of this season. I knew this plot line was coming, but I didn't remember any specifics about it. Yeah, I mean to extrapolate from here, you have to assume that Flox is going to stabilize the virus mm-hmm. in a way that it will spread through Klingon society and give everyone the smooth foreheads, but also probably won't give them augment powers. Yeah, cuz I don't remember those guys being extra cool. I remember Kirk karate chopping them to death all the time. He karate chopped a bunch of these guys. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So um, it seems like that's where it's going to have to go, but how everything gets there and what happens with Trip, who cares? And but, Reed yeah. and whatever. Uh, I can say, I, I, like you, I wish they hadn't touched the Klingons, everything about them. And again, I know DS9 cast the first stone on that with Worf's stupid comment. But yeah. they should have known that there's no satisfying answer to this question, so j- just fucking leave it, you know? What's yeah. the good answer here? What's the one that makes sense? I don't think there is any. 
because in real life what happened was they went, what if the Klingons look different, though? Hey, what if they had dog monsters in their ships Which, and they blew up Voyager for no reason? By the way, long after they thought they solved it with this became another Star Trek tradition of just changing the Klingons every time. Because in the stupid J.J. Abrams movies, they look different. And then in the stupid Discovery show, they look different. So it's just like, why bother going through all this work? <laughs> Just to explain yeah. why the Klingons look how they do if you're just going to be like, nah, we're going to change them two more times at least. Um, I don't want any more trip in T-Pool. I've been saying it all along. I'm tired of it. It just, it's going on like two, three full seasons. <laughs> yeah. So he better stay on Columbia. I don't want him coming back. Um, oh, there's definitely no chance he'll have to come aboard to fix the virus, right? It's, it makes me so... They're going to catch up to him. He's going to fix the virus. Then the two Enterprises are going to be so cool when they sh- fucking, they're fucking both shooting the bad guys. Ugh. They'll probably have to kill the only actual Klingon augments. Yeah. Think that they solved it or whatever. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Reed plot is so wildly out of the blue. I don't know what made them think this thing needed a third plot. I, it's a real good question. I don't know what it is going to do in the end, because, again, I do not recall the details. But, like, I, I don't understand that decision. All firefights in Star Trek make no sense, and this one was no different. Nothing about what happens when Enterprise is boarded is good or cool. No. Everything the Starfleet security and the Makos do makes no sense. No, the Makos are always worse at fighting in these quarters than than this, any random Starfleet guy in a red jumpsuit. It like it makes no sense. The Klingon, the four Klingons run very closely, huddled together, out of the door, and the Mako takes one shot, shoots the first Klingon, and then stands there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just waits to get gunned down. And I went, oh man, this is so badly choreographed for special effects. None of that made sense at all. No, everyone has to stand there while they line up that phaser. <sighs> it's so bad. Uh, the CGI Targ also was not amazing. <laughs> and a totally meaningless touch. Yep. So, yeah, just the three for me in execution. I uh, I was not was not impressed. Uh, world Tell me building. about world building, yeah. Ben gave it a five, and I guess it's because of the Klingon stuff. Uh, yeah. He says Klingon virus, uh, a super secret organization that predates Reed's commitment to Starfleet. The virus explains the Ridges Klingons. I was only a two. So, what do they want us to do with this fucking serum? Like you said, the ecto cooler. <laughs> Anything that would change your body structure like that would kill you, point blank. But for it to straight. Well, I know it's going to kill this guy too. For it to straight change your skull shape in a matter of seconds? How does that happen? Like, that's a lot of energy. <laughs> How does that happen without cooking your brain? You would die immediately. Your skull's a shape. There's a reason. His skull was I dancing mean, people... around in there like a, like a, like, the, like you're watching the fucking, um, oh, what's it called when the music's playing and the little, 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 looks like a little graph is dancing around. Fuck, I can't think straight. Don't worry about it. That's good because I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. It's, it's like a visualiz- visualization of the... Oh, yeah. well, you're like you're watching a Winamp visualizer? Yeah, like a visualizer. That's what his skull was doing. I'll cut... <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'll cut 10 seconds of the pod so we just get to the good, good... Uh, yeah, that's true. 
Um, anyway, it was wild. It was the cheesiest thing, maybe the cheesiest thing I've seen in Star Trek at this point when they fucking injected him and two seconds later his skull was dancing. Like, at least they didn't make us watch Worf become a predator. They must have thought about it, though. I'm sure they did, but they, the special effects didn't exist yet. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, they get back to Enterprise in that episode, and everyone's already undergone their transformations. It took as long as it took, whatever. But this guy just straight right in front of us just starts going, Aah! Anyway, uh, uniform patches. Each ship has the different patches. Uh, Archer is now a mind meld expert. Apparently, you just need to have carried somebody's damn Katra around for a while to do that now. He just tells her to relax. It's not like he's giving her tips. He said he was gonna, though. And then he gets yeah. in there, and you're right. And he's just like, like uh, I don't know, concentrate, I guess? Relax your emotional control a little bit. <clears throat> well, she's not good at that, buddy. No. Uh, anyway, this Klingon virus, it was actually an attempt to make their own augments, but it got all fucking whoopsied, and now it's a horrible plague. Uh, this lady... Uh, used to serve on the Republic, and then she took the cook with her when she went to Columbia. The Klingons did not understand the augment situation from the outside and thought Starfleet might be making super soldiers. Uh, the Klingon response to the plague is to wipe everything out. The augment Klingons gave Enterprise a computer virus. So this was a case where lots of world building was attempted, and I didn't understand or appreciate it. I see. I did not understand what was happening or why. So just the two for me. Well, here it comes, buddy, because I am a five. Okay. Um, there is still a warrior cast that's dominant in Klingon society. We This is... It is something that must be true of the Klingons, even in TNG Deep Space Nine Voyager times, mm-hmm. and is just never discussed at all. We never learn anything about any Klingon who is not a warrior. Right. Even Worf's nanny fucking shanks a guy. <laughs> yep. It's like... Saves Picard's life. Yeah. Uh, Worf... Kern tells Worf that they lost all of their lands yeah. and everything, but Gowron hates accounting. It's like... <laughs> There, it must operate this way, and Enterprise is the only show that is willing to consider this idea that this cannot possibly be all of Klingon society. Yeah, there's a Klingon scientist in that episode where Beverly's got to play detective, uh-huh. and they definitely act like that is an insane idea. Yeah. It's like, hey, these guys got to space. Yeah, huh? it'd be hard. Even if they just stole technology, like, it would be hard not to have scientists. They had to figure it out enough to do to do it again. Yeah. Uh, we've got this augment arms race. Enterprise can go to warp 5.2 now, but it ain't good for it. Columbia's launched. Reed's whole dumb shadow org that he's belonged to secretly. Uh, it's not all good, and it's not all explained, but there there is a lot of it, so I gave it a five. Okay. This is like this. This is this is one that tells you a lot of stuff about the world. This is the opposite of that Voyager, frankly. <laughs> yes, the one about the alien planet, seven hundred or more years in the future. Ben's a two on characterization. Okay. Uh, he says Trip is a dick to an unreasonable extent. Yeah, he says to sum up, Trip is so bad, his new crew is revolting, and Reed is just a horrible dude operating <laughs> for presumably Section 31. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and I don't disagree. I'm a two also. Yeah. Trip is the pits. I don't have a read on Hernandez yet. 
she technically would qualify for it. Yes. If she had a characteristic about her person, then yes, right. she would qualify. Uh, I thought T'Pol did some better work here, both asking Trip outright if his little tantrum is because of her, and also having a couple of scenes with Hoshi that weren't that bad. Phlox is in a lot of scenes, but they aren't character at all. No. Phlox is doing a lot of plot work this week. Yeah, outside of the usual Doctor stuff where it's like, I won't help you because it's you're killing people or whatever. Archer is pretty lackluster. Yeah. He just had an unexplained transfer from Trip. How does that make him feel about what's going on with Reed? How does that inform this yeah. sort of second betrayal in as many weeks, right? Be a good question. Well, we connected up a little bit. Let us know. Not only that, I think his most effective character building is that he seems mildly frustrated with the new engineer. That's yeah. it. That's it. That's what we get out of him. And we know that that's probably unfair. Yeah. <laughs> that he's really mad about Trip, but it doesn't matter. Uh, Reed has a bunch of lousy scenes and then one almost okay one when it's clear he wants out of that brig and maybe regrets what he's been doing. Yeah. Uh, but they've played him as an emotional cipher for four years. So I don't know what this conflict is like for him. Yep. And that makes this episode more bad than good. I cannot disagree. So two for you. Um, two for me. I gave it as much as a three. Trip is still a child who can't talk about his feelings too good. And like you said, it's not like he has any excuse this week because she straight comes to him and asks emotional questions. Yeah. So like, this is the time. If you're just going to be an adult, here we go. There's an opening. You yeah, didn't she, even have to go first. She meets him way more than halfway on this one. And he still is just a real fucking baby about it. Hoshi and Phlox are buddies who hang out off duty. That tracks. I think they've been buddies for a while. Uh, she definitely. She was one of the people who was hanging out with him on Earth during the humans hate aliens phase. And she feeds his bats when he's not able to or whatever. Yeah. Um... And did Hoshi learn karate from the Makos? Uh, she's done Aikido before okay. and said that it was Aikido. So she's she's picked up something. She gave somebody like a fucking Bruce Lee cross kick or something. Definitely uh, during that whole thing where Reed didn't get along with that Mako major. Yeah, she where had to do it seemed like they wanted to write that they were going to have gay feelings for each other, but then couldn't pull it off. <laughs> they, they didn't pull the trigger on yeah. it, yeah. She definitely did some, you know... In the, in that in that arc, she had to do some martial arts and personal combat training. She didn't just have to play brawless basketball like later on. Good lord, it's <laughs> all the things that are at the end of this project. We're going to have so many things to remind ourselves about how bad the show was, like yeah. like that one or the one where she had to do a hand bra because her she shirt did, got caught. Make her do a hand bra. That was must have been fun for her. <sighs> um. Yeah, like you said, Flox is put in some tough situations, but doesn't act in any emotionally new or meaningful way. Pretty easy to transfer one of your officers when the other captain is your mountaintop fuck buddy. Uh, yeah. Reed's been a secret spy for, I think we can say it, Section 31. <laughs> well, they haven't said it officially yet, yeah. but yeah. Ben has Ben has spoiled the rest of it for you. But it just comes out of nowhere. It's just like, okay, Enterprise, whatever you say. Like, I'm fine. I don't care. The show's going to be over soon. Do whatever you want. Sure. And he's so torn about it, I guess. It's not much. It's, um... Like, if they... If they... We knew they were going to introduce Section 31, we could have left Daniels and the whole mm. time... Yeah. Time patrol out of it, right? Yeah. Imagine if they replaced everything... We two of these fucking shadowy orgs. <laughs> if they replaced everything having to do with the Temporal Cold War with 
a, a read plot where he is a secret spy that goes on for four years. That would have been better, huh? That's probably better. I mean, I can't trust these writers. They're very oh, no, They bad. would have done it bad for sure. Yeah, but it's like, at least we wouldn't have had both of them. We wouldn't but, but, have. You never would have had to ask the question. Well, okay. So where was Daniel's last week? <laughs> He's back now. Cause he needs something. But yeah. where was he last week when enterprise was in grave peril? How come he, how come he never how come he wasn't showing up and being like, Archer, you gotta, you're too important to the Federation. We need you to. <sighs> Archer, watch out. While you're on your cool fucking cruise with Andreas Katsoula's trip is going to fuck everything up by teaching someone how to read. <laughs> you have to stop him. <laughs> yeah, the guy is a real selfish bastard. And every time Archer asks him anything, he's like, don't worry about that. <laughs> fuck that guy. Um, yeah, so just a three for me. It's not not amazing. Um, I do have some quick ones. Oh, let's have them, please. Is that the voice? This Klingon general, is that the voice of the Shredder? Is that James Avery's music? Uncle Phil? Uncle Phil's the general. Fuck, I totally missed it. I heard his voice and I went, ooh, that sounds like the Shredder. That guy's too dimly lit. <laughs> yeah, he is. And I was, I was like, okay, I think it's James Avery, and sure enough. I'm going to be watching next week, going to see that. Yeah, Uncle Phil is in this. And the other guy is, of course, Klingon ambassador from Star Trek VI, slash Drawl, slash Legget Parn, etc., etc., etc. He was even in a Time Tracks. Nice. <laughs> um, and, of course, this Section 31 guy is the police chief from Parks and Rec. So, that's, that's the casting Fuck, news. yeah, he is. Boy, this one was full of people, huh? This one had three that guys. You know, that guy. The guy from The Thing. This is the opposite of when they hired all those models to play Augments, huh? <laughs> yes. All the models with the slightly misshapen heads. Oh. Boy, you talk about what a bad set TNG was to work on. Everything about that Augment plot must have been terrible to work on. I would have to imagine. Uh, that's it. I only had casting news. Um, okay, the first scene. In, on the Kuvat colony mm. with the bad Targ uh. puppet and the handheld low angle camera moves. Yes. Uh, I immediately said out loud, this is Fraggle Rock. <laughs> it's like the opening to Fraggle Rock. You were really expecting the fucking music to kick in. I really was like, worries for another day. Let the music play <laughs> down at Fraggle Rock. Uh-uh. Was not, but did not happen. But I was like, that's fucking Fraggle Rock, man. Look at that Jim Henson ask Targ. Yeah, the Targ was fuck the worst. Just absolutely terrible. Okay, the Flocks kidnapping scene. Mm. Did somebody do a whoopsie? Why did the suspense music start so early? It starts way, but like when you're still definitely supposed to be listening to the dialogue between Hoshi and Flocks, yeah. and you like can't hear it. Yeah, they had like a nice fucking night out eating some Chinese food, and they're just having a pleasant walk back to and wherever. Then nine seconds later, these guys jump out at him. Yeah, I was of course not happy to see Seth MacFarlane again, and then I wrote, "Oh man, this guy's all in black. He better not be Section Thirty One." <laughs> and then I stopped taking quick hitters. Don't blame you. I only took casting notes. I didn't do anything else. This week I gave best actor to the Klingon doctor. Ah, so Drawl. Drawl, you may know him as. Slash, and we demand actor. justice. <laughs> demand the extradition of Kirk. 
Uh, worst actor uh, reads Leather Daddy. Yeah. I don't know if we get his name. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, not to me. Yeah. All right. One more. <sighs> uh, last week's winner was Deep Space Nine. This week we watched Shattered Mirror. No! Oh, boy. All right. Jake. Always a good sign. Jake is bored on the promenade. Eh, Odo and Quark aren't helpful in cheering him up. He goes back to his quarters and finds uh, Cisco is entertaining a lady. His dead fucking mom credits. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer says she's here from the the alternate universe, the other un- the mirror universe. To give some really good news. She, she came all the way just for that. Yeah. She came to a different universe. The Because she knew Cisco would want to know about the capture of Terok Nor. The Terrans, as Cisco calls them, have kicked the Alliance off of the space station in the Mirror Universe. Cisco's got um, duties to attend to, so Jake stays and hangs out with Jennifer. But Jake is way into this lady. He can't stop touching her and talking about how she's just like a real mom, though. It's troubling. It's, it's not great. Uh, Cisco comes back from his meetings and finds Jake is gone and in his quarters is one of those crazy mirror dimension teleportation devices. So, looks like it was purposely left behind for him to follow. Uh, Cisco tries to take Kira and O'Brien with him to go to the mirror universe, but they don't make it through. They just reappear on the... Re- on the uh, regular ds9 ops he was the only one holding the butt plug so he was the only one who made it through yep just cisco makes it alternate o'brien smiley they call him tells uh cisco that he and jake aren't going anywhere he needs cisco to help bring their version of the defiant up and running because in order to keep the station they just took they're gonna have to fight off an alliance fleet you remember the alliance it's klingons and cardies who cares their whole fleet less powerful than the Defiant, I guess. <laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> anyway, Smiley won't budge, so Cisco has no choice but to help, I guess. Uh, he goes to see Jennifer and Jake at uh, Alternate Nog's bar, and uh, Jennifer admits it was her idea to kidnap Jake. She says she'd like to leave Jake alone from now on, like Cisco asks, but she can't because he is basically like a hungry fucking cat just walking under her feet wherever yeah. she goes. Uh, here we switch to the comedy of the episode. <laughs> That's alternate Garrick. He's in chains, and he's in trouble for losing the station. And alternate Worf, he's now mixed up in his business. Uh, regent Worf. He's the regent, and he's very cross with alternate Garrick. Uh, they're on their way to take back the station, and Garrick says everybody surrendered, including intendant Sex Kira, but he escaped to come back and get revenge or whatever. Anyway, Worf is mixed up in this business now, and we're going to keep cutting back to these two as they get way too many lines, but don't do anything but fly toward Terok Nor. Yep. Back on Terok Nor, alternate Dax confronts Sisko about fucking her the last time they met, and um, Sisko sees a, a sex Kira being tortured by pirate Bashir. <laughs> so... She's in this one, too. I'm sorry. It's so frustrating. It's 
very tough. It's a very tough watch. Jennifer and Cisco talk about Jake for a bit, and I guess I don't know, have some emotional breakthroughs. Um, then Smiley comes in and says, uh, "I know I told you there were four days. I don't know how long this episode's been going on, but now the fleet's going to be here in eight hours." So turns out all the fleet had to do was go to warp nine, and they did it. Yep. <laughs> It's true. It seemed like they read the fleet's position and their current speed and and got the, the four days from that, and they didn't go. But if they went at warp nine, they could be here a lot sooner. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, it hadn't occurred to warp either. Four days was just fine by him until uh, Garrick convinced they got him. that info about the Defiant, and Garrick convinced them to speed up. Yeah. Um. All right. Alternate Bashir and alternate Sex Dax head off in a raider to i guess buy smiley and cisco some more time um cisco goes to visit the intendant that's sex kira in her cell she eventually gives up some info about the shitty alliance sensors and how to trick them uh cisco and jennifer are working on the defiant and she finally agrees to take jack jack jake back to <laughs> i'm losing no, it <laughs> to take Jake back to the regular regular universe before the fleet arrives. She asks whether uh, they have any spark left at all, and Cisco tells her it was never real to begin with. Meanwhile, well, he, won't regret, he won't regret saying that to her. He has lots of time to clarify his position. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sex Kira breaks out of her cell with alternate Nog's help. She eventually guns him down, though. Um, Smiley grants Cisco permission to go home, but Cisco loves battle so he, <laughs> he gets guilt he gets guilt tripped into staying because he doesn't want his friend smiley the kidnapper <laughs> to die yeah it should be his arch nemesis at this point so he <laughs> decides to stay and command the defiant i guess it's a weird decision uh jake and, yeah, and you, wouldn't you think nachev would have questions about this decision yeah right he gets back even one log about this <laughs> no one will ever know that this happened February 3rd, nothing happened. Nothing happened, what? don't check the records. <laughs> huh? Uh, we saw some weird transporter activity. No, I said in my log, nothing happened. Uh, okay. Um, Jack and Jennifer run into sex Kira in a corridor, and she takes them hostage. His name's Jack now. Jennifer says sex Kira can't take Jack with them, but when she goes... <laughs> I don't know if it works if I keep calling him Jack. <laughs> but when she um, she can't take Jack with her when she goes back to the Alliance and Kira tries to shoot him instead but Jennifer gets in the way and is mortally wounded and then Kira just lets Jake live anyway as a favor to Cisco, I guess yeah once she finds out who he is um, oh you're that Jack Cisco? <laughs> the Jack right. Cisco I've heard so much about alright then uh, back in battle, Cisco uh, decides to take over the Defiance helm because um, Smiley doesn't understand evasive pattern Delta or whatever. Um, and anyway, after he takes over, he goes ham on this lead Klingon cruiser. Uh, it's like he's playing as Chun Li or something. It's super cheap. <laughs> it's pretty cheap what he does for sure. But when things start to look bad for the Defiant, alternate Bashir and alternate Sex Dax are back to save the day with their little raider. The Alliance eventually has to retreat. There's some business with Worf and Garrick seeming to, like, promise revenge. I really hope we never have to see that. Sis There's only about five or six more of these, right? It seems so. like they have set it up so that we're going to get, like, three of these a season. 
Uh, Cisco goes to check on Jennifer and, of course, gets to her while she has the strength left for a couple of lines of dialogue. And then she dies, but he tells her they're always connected before she beefs it. Uh, Jake has two dead moms now. The end. What was this mirror universe jaunt about? Look, I think a lot of these mirror universe ones are you can never go home again. And this is no exception. Okay. Jake doesn't get a new mom. He just has to relive her death. Yep. Nog isn't the Nog he's missing in the prologue. Yeah. So he eats it. And he's a jerk. None of that, of course, is in the B plot about the Defiant fight, but that is pure filler. That's 100% plot. So. Yeah. Uh, it's not a new take. It's hard to really care. I gave it as many as. You know what? I'm downgrading it to a three. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Ben gave it a zero. Yeah, he no-taked it. <laughs> he says there's no take. They try something with Jake and his mommy issues, but it just proves he needs a bit more therapy. I mean, it couldn't hurt. Uh, he's going to need it now. But it couldn't hurt. He is creepy. Yeah, his mom died when he was 12? Something like, I don't know how old he is in, before season one. Yeah. Well, three years and, before uh, season one? I don't remember. He fully regresses when he sees this woman. He is he is a fucking mess. Yeah. Uh let's see. I came up with the bonds of family transcend even death. I mean, this is highly theoretical and probably depends on what you think happens after death or whether there are indeed alternate universes. So it's not worth And how such a mirror universe could operate. <laughs> how everyone's exactly the fucking same except Natho? So it's not worth much. It's just a sappy thing to say, and I gave it two points. How about execution? Ben gave it a three. Why not steal O'Brien, not Cisco, if you want to fix the Defiant? You know why. They wrote the other plot first. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> they wrote the plot about Jake seeing his mom. And then they went, well, what are we going to do? Is that the whole episode? And like, no, nah, there's got to be shooting. Um, and he says it. It felt like the second stanza of a three-parter. Of a three-parter, yeah. It kind of does, frankly, but I think it's going to be more. First of all, this is already the third trip to the mirror universe for Deep Space Nine. So many. Wait, is that right? I think. I so. think it is. There was Kira went. Well, Kira and Bashir went, right? Yeah. Cisco went, and then Cisco went, and now and now Cisco and Jacob gone. Cisco's back, right? That's right, because there has to be three, because each of the main Ferengi died in one of them. Right, that's right. Um, all right, every time we do one of these alternate universe adventures, I have a hard time figuring out why or <laughs> what we're supposed to learn. At least this one had like the through line about Jake and his mom, but it didn't make any sense. It was a lot of action and shooting. Like, if you want the episode to be about Jake missing his mom and this lady's curiosity or connection to Ben, do that episode. Yeah. Do a relationship episode. What's all of this war business? Yeah. It's a huge waste of time and special effects budget. It really is. These guys get excited about playing What If with the Mirror Universe. But who cares? But who cares? All of the scenes with Worf and Garrick are worthless. It's not even that they aren't fun. Garrick is always fun. 
Yeah. Garrick delivers a line. Oh, what was it? About how he couldn't have eaten the key that is missing because he's a very picky. Eater. He's a very picky eater, and he delivers it exactly like Jort delivers it every time. He's a <laughs> yep. fucking killer with those lines. He lays it right down the middle of the plate, like every time. Yeah, yeah. of course. But it's just a sideshow that takes away from the rest of the plot. And we already have the part on the station about the Defiant that's eating up time. And now we got this Worf business that's just eating up. Like, they did Worf lobby to be in the alternate universe? We got Worf now! Did Michael Dorn go to the fucking creators of the show and be like, I want to be in the Mirror Universe? See, fucking TNG had the good sense to stay out of the Mirror Universe. They never get in that business. So we, we never have to see Nasty Picard <sighs> and fucking... Sex criminal Riker, probably. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my god, I just imagined so many things about it. Some kind of vile data. Oh, imagine and, what Troy's uh, doing with people's minds and shit. She's probably she, sex raping. She's probably raping herself, man. She's probably raping everybody up in there with her mind. I'll probably, yeah, it's probably real nasty, but we never had to see any of that. I imagine she's actually like that Rimmer character. Yes. <laughs> Uh, the, 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 I'm sure the original pitch for Face of the Enemy, she had to go replace her nasty Mirror Universe <laughs> counterpart. Yes, exactly. Who just constantly has one tit out on the bridge. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Look, good. So, luckily, we don't... So, who knows? I guess Worf's the uh, Klingon regent. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't contradict anything, because TNG had more sense than this. I just... I didn't understand. There was no point to their plot. I think it was really just Michael Doran lobbying. Just being like, I want to be in it. Everyone else is in the Mirror Universe. I want to be in it. He had some guarantee, I'm sure, that he would only come and do Deep Space Nine if he <laughs> got to be in every fucking episode. Really? Oh, uh, as usual, good performance out of Avery Brooks when it's about being a dad. Yep. I it's the show we really wanted to do. And I really liked it. I like it. I, I like watching him be a dad. I think it's really good. And honestly, not even a terrible performance out of C-Rock Lofton as long as he knows he's going for creepy. Yeah. But mostly bad performances otherwise. Overall, uh, just a two, man. It's just a two. <sighs> I'm a little bit higher, I guess. But it, So this is the usual mix of okay overacting mm -hmm. from Kira and Garrick. To bad and dumb overacting from Bashir. <sighs> Bashir is so bad. And Smiley, I think, is also not amazing. No. Uh, I always think that the Mirror Universe is a mistake, and it's really starting to bother me. Either Starfleet doesn't care about these constant intrusions, or whatever countermeasures they've taken have been laughably ineffective. Yeah, they just beam in whatever they want. Right. But, but it seems to me like if they have a prime directive and a temporal prime directive... They should have some version of policy for dealing with this one specific other universe that they're tied to. Yeah. Uh, in this one, we learn Jake never existed in the Mirror Universe, which is real odd. <laughs> He's the only one. When you consider how very, very close it is to our universe and how everyone always, like, yeah. all of the other ancestors of all of our heroes met the same people and had children so they would exist but for some reason there's no jake yeah man rom even fucked somebody and made a nog yeah exactly like, nog exists in this universe but no, jake. but no jake maybe he's the key to everything if cisco thought about it for a second it'd be a big derail because it would definitely mean something about this universe right like <laughs> yeah. that's got to mean something you think the whole episode would screech to a halt yeah. while cisco goes 
Why is there no change? I mean, especially when he... We're all here at the same station, despite the fact that half of us were slaves. (laughs) He and Jennifer are even married in the other universe. We were married in this universe. Why is there no Jake? It must mean something. You know what I'm going to say? I think there is a Jake. I think there was a secret Uh... Jake. They call him Jack, probably. Probably Jack. <laughs> probably do call him Jack. He's in that hiding. That explains why they slipped up and called him Jack, and that's why you wrote it as Jack. He's, yeah. he's in hiding because he's the chosen one. That's uh, probably it. <sighs> anyway, we got uh, space fights, some lampshading of evasive maneuvers, and so on. And then a horribly traumatic experience for Cisco and Jake that they sure won't ever mention on screen again. Uh-huh. Hey, remember the time we had to see Mom die again? Yeah. Hey, remember how... <laughs> We had figured out our relationship, and I had convinced you to start dating again. <laughs> yep. And then we watched Mom die. Hey, you remember how you saw Mom die twice? I don't think I saw her die the first time, but you saw it twice. You remember that? Hey. Hey, Dad, this sucks. We can't just leave her. He's a lot more composed this time. Dad, I'm going to New Zealand to become a writer. <laughs> I know I, that was my plot last season, but I mean it this time. Hey, this sucks. Dad, this sucks eggs. Next week, some alien lady's going to molest me a lot. Just so you know. <laughs> just so you're hey, Dad. Hey, Dad, when you told me that fucking wild story about how you were unhooked in time and I was an old man and I fucking killed myself <laughs> to save your life. Hey, I've been thinking about that a lot. What does that mean? What does it do mean you, for you and me? Do you think that was a good decision? Yeah, maybe. Do you want me to kill myself? What? How about some fatherly guidance? Hey, Dad, I need you to explain one thing to me. (laughs) Are you the fucking emissary to the prophets? Or, like, are you Jesus the Christ? Could you tell me about it, Dad? Dad, hey, Dad, how come you own all African art? How come all the African art belongs to you? How come you always tell me this is the largest collection of African art and it's three masks (laughs) in 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 a fucking trunk? What's, where'd all the African art go, Dad? Hey, Dad, it's a whole continent. I don't understand why you said that, because that can't be true. Yeah. Hey, Dad, I hate hey, it Hey, Dad, did your dad die or not? <laughs> hey, is he dead hey, or Dad, what? You told me he was dead, but then we hey, went did to we resolve him. whether or not he was a changeling, by the way? <laughs> he had a lot of good ideas for how he would be a changeling. Was he a changeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because a year, year, year and a half before that, you told me dad was your dad was dead, but then we went and visited him in his restaurant. <laughs> so anyway, it's a four for me for execution. <laughs> That's okay. All right. Um, what about world Listen, building? Listen, Ben's a zero on world building. Okay. None of this counts. Um, What did we learn world building wise? Yeah. It's all shit that happened in the mirror universe. And I understand why it seems like none of that counts, except we keep having to we've come back. We've been to the mirror universe four times now, yep. and there's more coming. There's a fucking two part. Enterprise Mirror Universe. The Mirror Universe is all over Discovery, as I understand it. Oh, yeah. So, I guess it counts. Uh, Worf's an Alliance bigwig. The Rebels have taken Tarok Nor. Jake was never born, which, again, must be significant, but no one looks into it. Now, all three Ferengi are dead there. No, Jake wasn't born. Just the one Jack. (laughs) Only Jack. There is no Jake. (laughs) There is only Jack. Um... But it doesn't count for much. It's just a one for me. Yeah, I, I went through the same thought process. Like, I want to say it doesn't count, but we just live here all the time. We're constantly here. So I guess yeah. the events matter. Even so, I could only give it a two. The, the Clearly, the events are changing pretty rapidly in that universe. 
That's a big period of upheaval there. Uh, evil is everywhere. There are heroes on both <laughs> heroes sides. Heroes on both cetera. sides, 100% for sure. I was just going to say that. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, it's hard to say how much it matters. I guess it depends on how often we visit. So just the two for me. Um, Characterization. Ben gives a one. It's kind of rough. Real Cisco sends Jake home. And stays behind to use the duct tape defiant clone in battle? Why? <laughs> I know he's sympathetic, but these same rebel fuckers are the ones that stole his kid and the plans to one of their best weapons. It is sort of the central mystery of this episode. Is uh-huh. Why does he help them? It is as if we are supposed to like the rebels yeah. over there in the mirror universe. Yeah, I mean, a Smiley's a good guy. I mean, he's better than real O'Brien. <laughs> well, Doesn't he seem like a nicer guy than real O'Brien? The idea definitely seems to be that Smiley is the closest to a good guy among the rebels. Yeah. And that that definitely does imply that O'Brien is the closest to a Which bad guy fits. among I have lots the of theories about it. <laughs> and it kind of works out. I have lots of theories because, like, you notice how Garrick is exactly the same in both? Because yes, Garrick is the ultimate shades of gray yes, character, because he's right? so nebulous morally that, like... Yeah. Whatever. He's it's like, insane. oh, in the mirror universe, Garrick is Garrick. Yeah. I think it is. The times around him have changed, but Garrick is unchanging. And we have noticed in this project that O'Brien, once he got married, was the worst piece of shit you'd ever met in your fucking life. And he's just a real shit of a dude. It sucks. So in the mirror universe, you go, hey, that smiley guy's not that. He seems kind of nice. I like him. He's worse than Jordy. And you heard last week what I think about Jordy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jordy's got some he's got some issues now. Got some growing up to do. They put some scuffs on Jordy the last the last season or so. Yeah, a little bit, huh? Um Alright, so that was a good point. He gave it a one. Uh here's what I got. Uh Odo admits he was always chasing Nog away and not Jake. Oh, it's downright racist. I was gonna say, is he sucking up to Cisco by being nice to his kid or simple prejudice? I think it's, I think it, well, I have my theory. Okay. Um, Jake is so sullen now that Nog is gone, but then he's an overexcited freak around this alternate Jennifer Cisco. ends up losing another mom. Like you said, will we ever hear about it again? The way Cisco tells Kira he has somebody waiting for him in his quarters definitely made me think he forgot who Cassidy Yates even is. Uh, boy, doesn't it seem like it? I thought they were he's, dating. He's got a Homestead Grays hat or whatever the fuck, <laughs> but or Pioneer City, whatever. The Pike City like, Pioneers, yeah. Pike City Pioneers. Cestus Three like, or whatever. Uh, exactly. But uh, someone waiting for me in my court. He didn't even have to turn her picture face down when Jennifer showed up. <laughs> nope. Um. And maybe they had a discussion about it. Maybe he's just got a, you know, oh, he's got a hall pass for his wife that's from right. any universe. If his wife in any universe shows up, he's got a free. But of course, he didn't tell her that's a thing that happens around here all the time. Yeah, he didn't tell her that he's been to a mirror universe. <laughs> he just went. That's just also saying. if mirror universe Dax or Kira show up. <laughs> don't ask about it. I'm interacting with someone from an alternate universe. That doesn't count, right? Like I'd be able to have sex with them because it doesn't even. It's, not, it's like nothing. being in a different state, right? It doesn't. It doesn't count. And she's like, well, I don't. Am I revealing something about myself with that question, Jennifer? <laughs> she's like, I, I don't really understand what that means, but I, I mean, I guess. All right, I guess if you were in an alternate universe, whatever you say, Ben. Okay. 
Um, this is, I'm sorry, is this supposed to be arousing to me, this talk? I don't understand the purpose of it. You're, you're leading me down a path here. I'm supposed to pretend I'm from an alternate universe. Okay, let me give it a shot. What you want is for me to... Ooh, I'm, ba- I'm bad, but also, <laughs> I'm, bad I'm the same. I'm a drug smuggler. I'm the same, though, in most ways. <laughs> I, like, have the same parents and was like... But I like buying the butt stuff <laughs> Yeah, now. I want it real dirty. Uh, anyway, while Cisco resists Jennifer at every turn, he I think he, we're supposed to think he can't help but be moved by her death, given what happened to her doppelganger in his universe. This is amazing because Jennifer Cisco is such a fucking emotionless mannequin. Uh, She's just... She is a smile under some hair. I have listed that. And she has no emotions, personality, or characteristics, so it's fucking wild that anybody fell in love with her. <laughs> I have heard my quick hitters that she is one of the worst actors who's ever been on this show. <laughs> it's fucking wild. She's and, a uh, Beriah no, level No actor. one is helping her out with writing, for sure. Nope. She is a Vedic Beriah level. Um, yeah. Still no meaningful difference between real and alternate Garrick. Uh, we already talked about the theory about that. Hey, at least fake Dax was mad about the fucking she received last time Cisco was here. I hope real Dax got mad. Uh, I fucked you, you know. Real, haven't we since learned that real Dax is kind of into it? She's probably hella into it. <laughs> didn't that come up in... God, no, they didn't talk about it, did they? Didn't that come up in one of the 15... He should not have talked to her about it. Who was into Cisco? Who was into Cisco during the episode when Locks on a Troy made everybody drunk? Oh, it might have been Dax. That I think it was Dax. Dax. Yeah, I think it was Dax. And we were told that that is how. And it's all real. How everyone really. Jake's got a crush on Major Kira, which is fine. Why wouldn't he? He's fifteen. Yeah. And everything else is much worse. Yeah, dude. Jack and Narice, my favorite couple. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Yeah, I really hope he didn't tell real Dax that he fucked fake Dax, but he probably did. Why not? Um, I actually think the character beats are sort of fine, and they could have earned some damn points if they had made the episode about Jake and all of his emotions with Jennifer and Cisco, and left all of the rest of the plot out. But they didn't do that, so it's a four. And that is the issue, isn't it? Um, there is an interesting angle here that Jake sort of regresses to the age that he was at Wolf 359 and that he doesn't have a more mature take on this separate woman's life and existence, mm-hmm. but it is just utterly unexplored. Even when Cisco and Jennifer are talking about how attached Jake is to her, not one of them says, well, he lost his mom at a really young age and he never got to know her as an adult. Yeah. And so, you know... He's he is projecting a lot of stuff onto you from when he was ten. Yeah, let's get and into eventually it. Eventually, he'll learn that you're a real person. But for now, but no, they don't have that discussion at all. Yeah, what would it be like if your fucking dead mom walked through the fucking door or whatever? Like, yeah, let's be, talk about be a it. tough one, huh? Yeah, they don't. Yeah. But no, that's not the discussion they want to have here. And they've killed her, so now we can't have that discussion for the future. I mean, either. I'm glad they killed her because the actor is so bad. But fuck, like. That was really the only thing they could have done with that character, and they never did it. Yeah. Uh, we don't really get any idea what Cisco feels about this woman, though it seems like it's probably complicated. Yeah. Um, also, Cisco definitely should not have stayed to fight this dumb battle. Yeah, what's up? From our universe, we get 
a minute of Odo and Quark. Quark's still just an asshole, and Odo reveals the kind of racist <laughs> idea that he blamed all of Jake and Nog's delinquency on Nog, but always knew Jake was a good kid at heart. Even though if you watch those episodes, Jake's up to all the same shit, man. Yeah. You don't have to convince yeah. him to throw fucking sand peas at people. He's into it. You know, he'll do that. That's fun for him. He'll do a fucking oatmeal in a bucket. Why not? But Odo has definitely looked at one human and one Ferengi and decided who was the bad influence. So. <laughs> yep. That ain't the greatest. Yeah, yeah. Which one was um, dating a, a fucking, what I assume was a 24-year-old Davo girl? It wasn't Nog. Yeah. It was not Nog. Nog cleaned his act up and went to the fucking academy. Yep. <laughs> Jake's just loitering. Jake's fucking loafing around the station because he's got writer's block. <laughs> Eventually he's going to write Anselm or whatever the fuck, yeah. but... uh, It's a big one. It's a biggie. <sighs> Yeah, ah, that sucks for Moto. I don't know if I told um, you what my idea for the show was to fi- to fix DS9, to go back in time to oh. fix it. It's to um, bring back future Jake, played by Tony Todd, to replace Jake. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> just have him on the station and just be like, <laughs> just, that's it now. Just plainly five years older than Avery Brooks the <laughs> yes. whole time. Just like, that's what happened. You guys remember in season three, Jake gets replaced by Tony Todd, right? <laughs> that would be yeah. a great show. It was this fucking sci-fi. Why not? Yeah. Um, but no, the big problem is that the, the Jake stuff had so is such wasted potential. Yep. There's such an actual opportunity to do character work in this one and they don't. And so it's going to be a three for me. I agree. It's a three. I said four, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've talked you down to three. Yeah, you and me, we both talked me down. <laughs> it was bound to happen. <laughs> well, um, quick ones. This now is the time when we talk quick hitters. Do it. Uh, Jake has been off the show for so long that they genuinely need this refresher scene with Odo and Quark at the beginning to reorient us. Yeah, it's true. It's like, okay, where is Jake now? Like, we haven't... He was here last week teaching O'Brien what wrenches were what, <laughs> but, like, recently he ain't been around since since he was at his daddy's restaurant. Yeah. And so it's like, what's what's going on with him now? Oh, he's, he's still trying to be a writer. And he misses he's bummed his out about friend. Nog. Right. Yeah, okay, all right. I kind of know where he is. Um, this shirt of Jake's is an all-time low, though, huh? I mean, it's in Ben's Quick Hitter, too. It's ugly. It's made of what looks like an uncomfortable material. It's ill-fitting. Ben says, Jake has the worst wardrobe of any character, bar none. What is that, his Lego building outfit? It definitely has a kind of Lego motif in the inset (laughs) panel, for sure. Um, early on, I hoped this whole episode was just a parent trap. I hoped it was going to be a parent trap. Yeah. I know we would still have to think about Cassidy Yates and everything, but, uh, cause he already kind of parent trapped him there. Yes, but he did. That's really what I wanted. It's not what it ended up being. Uh, Jake has got issues. You know exactly what kind of porno he watches. No. Yes, I know. I mean, you do though. I know. I don't want to though. I hadn't thought about it till you said it and I immediately knew. But he is so like, I remember these hands and it's like, Jesus, dude, you're, stop touching this woman. Hey, don't put your hands on this lady. Please don't touch her. Yeah. Please don't touch her uh, while you softly fucking whisper. Please. Cisco showed up and everybody was like, ah, I owe you this for last time or whatever. And I did not remember very much about Cisco's last visit to the Mirror Universe. <laughs> and I sure as hell am not going to rewatch it. So I remember he fucked assume, Dex. That's it. That's all I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> And Dax is possibly too cool about Cisco's actual rape from last time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think we can call it rape if you're pretending to be someone else. Yeah, that's right. 
That's one of the one of the definitions. I think that's safe. Also, she seems to be into the worst, dirtiest version of Bashir. Yeah. And that sort of makes sense given the people she's interested in in our universe. <laughs> yep. Like the but also like it, the guy from Final Fight that she fucked that one time. Yeah, 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 sure. But also it just kind of feels like the writers are up to their usual girls don't like nice guys incelism. Uh-huh. Well, that's I assume they're all incels that would track. Um this farce about Garrick and the missing key. Uh-huh. I don't think you mentioned it. No, it's just one of the, the dumb guard things can't find happened. the key to Garrick's change chains Worf thinks he swallowed the key and stabs him and then the guard's like was in my boot slipped into my boot yeah uh just wasted minutes yeah uh big question two times we see uh kira being led from one part of the station well no so in the first part kira is being taken to be interrogated right past the where the defiant is dog <laughs> Which is an odd choice. It is. And then Jennifer takes Jake from Quark's, presumably to Ops, to beam back to the normal universe. Yeah, I don't know. Right through the docking ring where Kira's trying to escape. <laughs> yeah. There's a turbo lift from the promenade to Ops. I know. I'm 90% sure. I think we've seen it. You don't have to go past the docking ring. That that wouldn't make any sense. they the promenade and ops are both in the middle Look, part. Why would you go all the way out to the edge? In the mirror universe, Terok Nor has been twisted. Oh, it's twisted. It's, been, it's a twisted. It's we gotta twist it, everybody. So the corridors, they all go the wrong place. Uh, best actor. Uh, yeah. Smiley. Okay. Interesting. I'll, he doesn't know what evasive pattern Delta is, and when... Cisco just shouts rocker at him. That doesn't mean anything either. No, and he's not satisfied by the answer when he tells him it's just rock to one side and then go the other side. Yeah. Uh, worst actor, Captain Bashir. Oh, boy. That one was easy. That was definitely the worst actor of the show. Yeah. Best actor was yeah. a tough one. A little bit this week. Um, Like I said, Ben's only quick hitter was about Jake's clothes. Um, <laughs> He's in the same shirt all episode. It's very bad. I, um, uh, like you said, I hate the performance this dude gives as alternate Bashir. It, do you, I'm sure you remember the time a serial killer went in his body. Yes, I do. And he talked all slow, like a monster or something. And this was not that bad, but very, like too close to that bad. Why is he still doing things that he hasn't learned anything as an actor? He's still given the cheesy serial killer performance, but this time as a pirate. It's like it's it's his performance is like someone described a sinister Malcolm McDowell character to him. (laughs) Oh man, how great would it have been if alternate Bashir was played by Malcolm McDowell? By Malcolm McDowell, great. (laughs) You know Captain Bashir, of course. (laughs) It's Cocos. No. Yep. I uh. No, yeah, no, no, I know him. I definitely know this is Bashir. I, just, I recognize him for sure. Uh, for the 100th time, Avery Brooks is really good as a dad doing dad stuff. The way he says, okay, Jake, when Jake won't shut up about Jennifer was really good. That felt like a thing that um, a real actor would do. I don't know, like a, uh, like a uh, Jordy LaForge, what's his name? Um, LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton, like a LeVar Burton. Or like a Whoopi Goldberg or somebody like that would do. But that was it for me. Quick hitters, done. 
Well, I'm sure the scores are um, really good this week, right? They're super, super good. Uh, of course, you have to bear in mind when we do this comparison in a minute that uh, last week, week 89 was the all-time low for the series. Oh, good. In so terms of in terms of week, we're average. in the a sweet spot in the whole. Thing. Yeah, it was it was just 21 points last week uh, was the average, so nowhere to go but up. Um, this week in last place, we have Voyager Living Witness that scored five points <laughs> out of 80. Five possible 80, that is correct. Uh, just to put that in context, if we scroll down to the all-time worst scoring episodes, oh, we have, of course, Waking Moments with three. Yes, well, that was the one that I had to talk about a lot in this week, where the one where he uh, keeps waking up and the moon is there or whatever. That's correct, yeah. Uh, then this episode, Living Witness at five. Good, 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 good. Then uh, the Omega Glory at eight. That one wasn't good at all. It's uh, Nazis, I believe. Mm. Um then uh, Voyager Favorite Sun at 9, Voyager Twisted at 9, Voyager Sacred <laughs> Ground at 10, and then finally Enterprise Harbinger breaks up that little streak. Fucking but, Voyager, um, God. 5 is pathetic. This is the uh, currently the 438th ranked episode. All right, well, it's my all-time low because I gave it 0. <laughs> you did give it a 0. That is definitely the lowest you've ever scored an episode. I blanked. Uh, I, in fact, I have never. My lowest is a 1, yes. and it was, of course, Waking, Waking Moments, Moments, which I gave a 2. <laughs> You gave it to <laughs> But that episode did not do well. <laughs> uh, third place this week with 16 points. Yeah. TNG Night Terrors. That uh, seems like a really good score in comparison. Yeah, we each gave it eight, yeah. which is, again, more than Living Witness got total. Uh, I wonder if that's the lowest scoring TNG. Let's just keep rolling up that list. TNG, uh, generally, it's like... Um, it has a really high basement. Like, it's not going to score lower than a certain number. So I think you might be onto it. The previous lowest scoring uh, episode of TNG was Galaxy's Child at 18. Oh, I don't know that one. That one's... I've heard of that one. <laughs> you may remember that from week 89. Uh, and here, the again, the 409th worst episode, uh, best episode of TNG, Night Terrors at 16, is the worst TNG Right there tied with last week's Voyager episode, Unforgettable. God. So we've really had a couple of weeks, huh? Hey, uh, is it is it the episodes or is it us? Did I do this? <laughs> Am I responsible <laughs> well, for this? Well, uh, it's a question that can be answered. In second place this week with 20 points. That's a great score for second place. Yeah, Deep Space Nine Shattered Mirror. Mm. The winner this week with 25 points, oh, a... No. A full five points below the average episode score. That's not a good score for a winner. And two points below the previous worst winner. <laughs> and I wonder why that hasn't updated. Uh-oh. Is Affliction Enterprise wins the week with 25 points. Hey, this week sucked. That is Enterprise's eighth win. Good for them. It's not a big share. They've won... Uh, Eight out of 90 episodes. No. But that is four times what Voyager has done. And this so. week was a contest of race to the fucking bottom. Yeah. Uh, your worst scoring week ever with an average of 7.25. But I actually scored this week half a point higher than last week on average. Yes, last week was your worst ever. So that we is are correct. really yeah, yeah, in yeah. it. Uh, 16 and a half is this week's average. That's so much less. <laughs> Four and a half points worse on average than last week, the previous worst week. 
I mean, I looked at the episodes and I thought, well, there's a chance this one's going to be worse. But that Voyager episode hit me so hard. It turned out to be real trash. Yeah. But there's even worse news, though. Yeah, here's what we're watching next week. It's not good. It's not good, everybody. (laughs) We're watching Identity Crisis. Jordy becomes a blue man. We're watching The Muse. It is a special of Jake, not Jack, and the Waxana Troy. It's not good. We're watching Demon. Finally, we get to see some silver blood on this joint. I know everyone's been looking forward to seeing some of that silver blood, uh, but there is, of course, going to be a clone, Harry Kim and Tom Paris. So, And frankly, in with a non-zero chance to notch a ninth win next week, mm-hmm. the conclusion to this Klingon Augments arc, Enterprise Divergence. I, I certainly could happen. Why not? I mean, it feels like it could happen at this point. And honestly, this week's uh, prop was so bad that when you played the Ben's pick of the week tone on the TNG, I just said, why not? Sure. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. Uh, sure. Listen, the the winner this week, I gave 13 points and you gave 12. Yeah. Well, okay, fine. We both we both <laughs> had it as the winner, but that's terrible. Yep. <laughs> and I have a feeling next week will be sort of the same way. Uh, do we have something really fun to do in between, though? Are we going to have a fun week oh, next hell week? hell yeah. Next week's a mailbag. Oh, I like mailbag. There won't, there won't be any mail, <laughs> but... <laughs> why, don't they, why don't anybody send us anything? But we also get... To finish Billy Joel. Yeah, we are going to finish it too. I'm done with that. All about Joel. I'm done with that. You know, I don't know if anyone noticed. Life's bad. It's just not. It's not good. Are those statements different? Nope. Okay. Yes. Okay. No. (laughs) I just. So like, I'm not going to keep doing Billy Joel if I don't want to. So we're finishing it next time. (laughs) We'll just run through the remaining. It'll be one less match than we did last time. Yeah. One thing we will have to do, Matt, is at some point we'll have to tell each other what the winner from our sides of the brackets are so we have a chance to you like get the if there's a, a tie side on those. Oh, right. yeah, that's right. There's no tie because we haven't listened to the other side. So, well, yeah, we'll have right. to get. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's easy. I may finally have to listen to whatever is the winner out of your bracket and you'll have to listen to, although you probably already have, whatever is winning out of mine. Yeah, I think there's only like one record from your side that didn't show up in mine. So I haven't listened to that one. Um, all right. So yeah, hey, send us some fucking mail, you lazy fucks. <laughs> I swear to God, if I if we do mailbag next week and it's done in five minutes, I'm maybe I will cancel the podcast. Maybe I'll unilaterally cancel the podcast. Yeah, and by the way, we got analytics now. Yeah. So we know like, you're downloading. I know you're out there. I know we got one. Well, we got more than one download. We got. Five downloads from Russia. Yeah, we got a Russian listener. Send us some fucking mail, broski. We got we got a download from Cambodia. This hey, week. Cambodia? Hey, Cambodia? Let us know. We're fucking... We are Siam friendly. Is that politically correct? Is it... I don't know. <laughs> Ask the Cambodians. Come on, man. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about all uh, of it. If you're that guy who downloaded in Arkansas, if you're that person who downloaded in New Jersey, if you're the person who downloaded a couple episodes in Washington State, this hit us up. This is a call. We need mail. If you're the person who downloaded 25 episodes from Spain, yes, what's up? Hey, uh, I know some Spanish people. Let's talk about them. I don't mind. I'll go. I'll dox them. Whatever's interesting. <laughs> so that's at Brother Date on the Twitter machine. Uh, brothers of brotherdate.com if you want to send us an email or maybe like a cool voicemail we get those sometimes but not very often anymore 
Though we did get one for Star Wars. Oh, we, we did one last week. Um, yeah, but it had it's it's been pretty rare lately. Um, yeah, but okay, but the last one was twelve minutes long. Oh, that's a good point. Don't send us twelve minutes anymore. I want a lot of mail that's very short. Uh, we want to be able to dismiss it and not not engage with it at all. Please. Uh, go to brotherdate.com. Check out all the projects, the Landrews and other spreadsheets. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and probably all of them. Every one of them. Everything you could think of. We're there. So um, keep downloading from all the places on the planet. And even if you're a bot, it's okay. You can download it, too. Um, we love you. Is that okay? I'm in an emotional space right now. Is it okay to say that we love the listeners? Or is that, is it too pervy? But they're just you like mom. I'm going to allow it. They're just like, I'm going to allow they're it. They're just like mom. They look just like mom. They act like mom. They even, <laughs> they even smile like mom. All right. I've had enough of this. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Dude, I don't feel good. No, I get I it, man. I don't think the pills are helping. <laughs> don't get a migraine in the middle of the show. I'm not. I'm weirdly emotional. My eyes just welled up. <laughs> I don't like this. Please subscribe.